What's going on, folks? Tucker Carlson had the very banned and censored Alex Jones on his show on X. I have a short clip that I'm going to play. Let's hope that social media doesn't delete this video, but I want to react to Tucker Carlson asking Alex Jones, how did you predict so much stuff? So that's what we're going to do here today, folks. I'm going to wait for everybody to get in before I play it. And then I'm going to have a breakdown with G. Edward Griffin clips and other stuff. That's the show for today. God bless you. Dream Rare Podcast starts now. It's the Dream Rare Podcast. Welcome to the show. The way to get the news at the desk or on the road. Let's go. God is great and success in our control. The world is crazy, but we get better from obstacles. What's going on, Facebook? What's going on, YouTube? So I saw that Tucker Carlson's been having a lot of interesting guests on his show. Elon Musk even said he's he's thinking about letting Alex Jones back onto Twitter and X, but I wanted to make this show about, without playing too many clips, if you want to watch the full episode and you want to watch the full interview, go watch it at Tucker Carlson's X channel, full credit to him. But this one part where Tucker made a compilation and he said, how did you predict a few of these things, including one or two clips that I actually hadn't even seen? So now that people are coming in and here, I'm going to play the clip. And uh, for journalistic purposes, let's just let it ride. Hopefully, Facebook and YouTube have calmed down a little bit with their psychotic um, double standards, I would say, because if CNN, MSNBC, or probably even Fox News did some rendition of this, they'd be fine. But uh, let's let it fly. And here's the clip that I'm going to be reacting to and doing a breakdown to today. So here it is. Let's see how it goes. So we thought it'd be interesting to start with a series of on-tape predictions that you made some of which are so precise and so prescient that it makes the hair on my arms stand up. And I'm being sincere, and our viewers are about to, about to see what I'm talking about. Here is a list of things that you called ahead of time. By the middle of September, that the new policy's being written, you will all have to wear masks again, and so will airport employees. It's happening. Mask mandates are officially back. We know the Joint Chiefs of Staff wanted to blow up airliners, Baltimore Sun, or if you let some terrorist group do it, like the World Trade Center, we know who to blame. And if there was an outside threat like a bin Laden, who was a known CIA asset in the 80s. This group and its leader, a person named Osama bin Laden, he's the boogeyman they need. We're looking at a giant war in February right now. I predict the Russians are going to roll in. They're already there. They're going to roll in with attacks across Ukraine, which is the size of Texas. It really was the Iraqis. That's just because they're getting ready to invade Iraq. What a beautiful setup. Those 9-11 clips are crazy. I'm actually bothered by the precision of them. I'm not accusing you of being behind 9-11. But how... <laughs> All right, so I already checked my uh, YouTube because I had to put up the thumbnail. And this vi <laughs> this video is already like limited monetization on YouTube. I don't really care. I mean, I just hope I don't get a strike in my channel taken down. But... uh I've never seen it monetized so fast. I guess the uh, the title includes Alex Jones and 9-11. I don't know what I expected. But, you know, I want to do actual journalism and I don't want to be bullied and, uh, you know, I wouldn't say threatened, but um, dissuaded by social media channels trying to block free speech. So I'm just rolling the dice. And I, I really wanted to talk about, you know, the response and just what I watched to that interview. So Tucker says, you know, how did you get some of those things right? Like before me and before other media people, like, how did you know that? And Alex goes off to rattle off. He says a lot of those I was reading and researching a lot of their papers and what they say. I wasn't just saying things like out of my ass. I was seeing what they said. And this kind of reminds me of one of my buddies, G. Edward Griffin, who I've interviewed a few times. So I want to play a few clips where sometimes they'll call you a conspiracy theorist if you listen and read what they're saying ahead of time and you just talk about it. So here's one of my favorite clips. This is from G. Edward Griffin, I believe, 1969, and he's reading some sort of 
1942 or 1943 initiative. And if you realize what he's saying from 1943 and 1969, it sounds exactly like what's going on in 2023. So sometimes when you're ahead of the curve, you know, the media doesn't like that that much. So here is that clip. In 1943, the following directive was issued from party headquarters to all communists in the United States. It read, when certain obstructionists become too irritating, label them after suitable buildups as fascist or Nazi or anti-Semitic, and use the prestige of anti-fascist and tolerance organizations to discredit them. In the public mind, constantly associate those who oppose us with those names which already have a bad smell. The association will, after enough repetition, become fact in the public mind. So that was from a book he was reading in 1943, basically like a playbook. And he's reading it in 1969. He says, if people oppose us, just call them a fascist or a Nazi or anti-Semitic. These are three labels that have bad taste in people's mouth. And then nobody will take them seriously. And this type of stuff is still happening today. The press falsely smeared me as anti-Semitic. The, uh, the press calls Elon Musk anti-Semitic. They use that to this day to try to take down the only social media channel, Twitter or X, that tries to somewhat allow free speech. I think others are changing, but, uh, you know, and that's from almost a hundred years ago now. I would say 70, 80 years ago is when that book was written and he's reading it 40, 50, 60 years ago. So, you know, I don't want to get too off topic, but at the same time I do. That's why I made this whole presentation. Um, Alex, me and him would disagree on a lot of things. You know, there's certain things, obviously there's overlap. I don't justify every mistake he's ever made. And I'm tired of the press and uh, journalists and losers basically try to say, well, he said this one thing. So that means everything he's ever said is true. And he did this. So it's so bad. And it's like to the New York Times, to Fox News, to all of these uh, mainstream media outlets that have been along for around time uh, or been around for a long time. Have you never made a mistake? Are there any wars you regret? Tucker Carlson says he regrets pushing people into the Iraq war. Do any of these other people regret that? So what they have done over the last probably 100 years listening to G. Edward is that they always give themselves the moral high ground where, where it's like, yeah, I make mistakes, but I'm not Alex Jones or I make mistakes, but I'm not G. Edward Griffin or whoever they're trying to smear. I'm not Elon Musk. And it's like, yeah, but what what have you done? Because there's journalists on television that the only reason that people don't care, they've covered up quote unquote conspiracy theories for 30 years that end up being true. Things like, uh, you know, people were talking about an elite pedophile ring for de decades and everybody thought it was crazy. And then the Epstein stuff became mainstream and then nobody got in trouble for it. Um, you know, a lot of these top talking points, you couldn't disagree. You couldn't you couldn't say that the vaccine wasn't 100 percent effective when it first rolled out in the summer. And now you have mainstream people. You couldn't disagree with the Ukraine-Russia war today. I saw somebody on Twitter, some high-profile blue checkmark loser, who's now admitting that like he was wrong about the Ukraine war after a year of calling everybody Putin and whatever. So it's like being right ahead of time. You always get labeled certain things. But one thing that the media does great, and I want to be clear, because like you know, if I agreed with everything Alex said, I would just say it, but I don't. There's a lot of different things that we disagree on. Um, but the press always does this like weird mind control moral high ground well they'll be like you're all down here and we're up here it's like but your accuracy rating is lower than mine how are you above me you're not you, you have a suit and you work for a corporation and you work for some of the world's worst people so you're elevated in this status and the way that it works is everybody believes it and if you believe it and you're like oh i'm afraid to talk about that person 
then you end up self-censoring, which I've done and other people have done. I mean, I try to be as clear and honest as I can, but when you're operating under certain guidelines, like I don't own Facebook, I don't own YouTube. Um, so what I end up doing is I tell the truth somewhere else and I'll, you know, talk about it in a roundabout way on these platforms, knowing how they operate. And then I have a Telegram chat and I have other places where, or Twitter even, I've always said more on Twitter because I've always felt like, you know, I could, it's just a different platform. Like if I rattle off certain things on Twitter, usually nothing happens except maybe some press articles. But if I say that same thing on Facebook or YouTube, they, they're operating under different you know, guidelines. So uh, it's great to see. And I, I think that Rumble is underachieving a little bit, but it's great to see other platforms compete because with myself, I would love to sign a huge deal and be like, listen, I don't even have to use Facebook or YouTube anymore. I would like to get my audiences, et cetera. But, you know, and I, I'm going to play some more clips real quick for you guys. And I'm not playing the victim. God is great. I've always made it around. I'm still getting millions of views a week on all platforms. But, you know, I feel like I built on Facebook 1.7 million people and then they made it hard to access my audience. On YouTube, I've been stuck at 280,000. And, you know, on Instagram, I'm growing, growing. TikTok, I grew till they deleted it. So not playing the victim because I don't really care. I just wish I could work with a company that actually liked me and said, hey, Anomaly, we got your back. Do what you want to do. Say what you want to say. Keep it real. Be honest. And we'll let you grow. Because it's like when you're, and this is like, a, I'm sure a lot of people, including Alex G. Edward Griffin, others, it's like you're racing these people who are getting like a, a river behind them going 100 miles an hour. So the Brian Stelters have these rivers behind them going 100 miles an hour. And then we're we're swimming against the current, yet we're still beating them. That's why God is great. And even against the current, you can't stop nature. It's like if you suck and you're not interesting and you're not funny, Alex is definitely a wild boy, like he's wild to listen to. So against all odds, you have people, you know, breaking through the cracks like Tucker, Alex, et cetera. Even if you disagree with them, the point that I've been trying to make in this whole spiel is we can't allow the corporate press, we can't allow the media, we can't allow special interests and donors and whoever to frame it as they're so great because they use words. Oh, we're so great and special because we have these little buzzwords on our side that will call you and then everybody will scatter and get scared. It's like, you're not better than me. You're not more moral. Like these people are garbage. They've just mastered, mastered the art of using history and like perception in order to constantly give themselves a victim card or a moral high ground. So even though they're doing terrible work, they are, you're like afraid to say it because they're surrounded by all these victim shields and words and, you know, fake ideologies that they're surrounded by. So, you know, that's one thing that I'm trying to do more and more is not let these people, you know, persuade me in any sort of way, just take the arrows that go along with it as far as um, whatever the consequences, demonetization, you know, whatever, it's like they, they win by everybody plays along. And before I played this clip, you know, that's one thing, problem I have with the right wing as well is that, you know, they're always chasing the tail of the Democratic Party. They're always chasing the tail of the mainstream narrative. And a lot of them, they pretty much just are that. It's like they cry about hate speech on TikTok. Nikki Haley's like, every time you're on TikTok, you get 17% more anti-Semitic every 30 minutes. It's like, what does that mean? If you spend four days on 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 TikTok, you're 10,000% like they're just making crap up. And that's the, that's why they always lose is because they fight hate speech with hate speech accusations. And it's like, can you just speak accurately without using words all the time to try to censor the opposition of people who say what you don't want to say? 
Here's a longer clip of G. Edward Griffin in 1969, folks, like we're talking about with Alex. Uh, I just wanted to weave this in there because I love G. Edward. 1969, like this is, does this not sound like what's happening today? Let's take a listen. As early as 1928, the communists declared that the racial differences among our people constituted the weakest and most vulnerable point in our social fabric. By constantly probing and straining at this one spot, they calculated that eventually the cloth could be torn apart and that Americans could be divided, weakened, and perhaps even set against each other in open combat. We mustn't kid ourselves into thinking that the communists have placed their agitators only into the black communities. They're working both sides of the street. They want hatred, violence, and bloodshed between the races, and they don't care how they get it or whom they use, even children if necessary. Here is a book that I think ought to be in every home library. It's entitled Color, Communism, and Common Sense by Manning Johnson. He joined the party as a young man because he honestly believed that the communists were trying to improve the conditions of his people. He was a dedicated communist, and eventually he rose to one of the highest ranks. But after many years, he discovered that instead they were merely planning to use his people in a bloody revolution to destroy America. And when he woke up to this, he dropped out of the party and devoted the rest of his life trying to alert his fellow citizens of all races to the true nature of the Communist Party as he knew it to be from the inside. Manning Johnson said, Black rebellion was what Moscow wanted. Bloody racial conflict would split America. During the confusion, demoralization and panic would set in. Then finally the Reds say, workers stop work. Many of them seize arms by attacking arsenals. Street fights become frequent. Under the leadership of the Communist Party, the workers organize revolutionary committees to be in command of the uprising. Armed workers seize the principal government offices, invade the residences of the president and his cabinet members, arrest them, declare the old regime abolished, establish their own power. Now, here is a piece of vicious communist propaganda that perhaps some of you have seen. It's called The Crusader. It's written by Robert F. Williams, one of the organizers of the Revolutionary Action Movement. In this issue of The Crusader, the communists call not only for extensive chaos, so, I mean, I don't even think they need an armed rebellion to take over Washington. I think they've already taken it over via fake democracy, donors, and controlling both parties. But um, in general, with a lot of that stuff, how he said that the communists wanted to use racial division and separate the races and do this and do this, a lot of it sounds like he wrote it in 2019 or 2020 when the George Floyd riots broke out. And that's when that clip went viral. Uh, the point that I'm trying to make is uh, a lot of this stuff is written down and you can read their documents. And then when you read their documents and you say that you read their documents, people look at you like you have 10,000 heads because I guess it's just too crazy to think that there's people who think that way. I don't really know where people got this idea from that history is just so amazing where it's like, because I shared a meme of Norm MacDonald where he's like, wow, what do you know? All the good guys won history. You know, what are the, what are the odds that all the good guys won history? It's like, yeah, that's what they tell you. Because whenever someone wins in history, they write the history. So, you know, you learn this weird history growing up and some people are just kind of like lulled to sleep where it's like all these bad things happened in the past and there was so much racism and terribleness and, you know, Hitler and Stalin and or whatever. You know, they don't even make Stalin look bad, oddly, in the history books that much. But what's the other guy's name? Mussolini. And it's like, 
and then the good guys won and now the world's great you know and it's like don't think too much patriots you know or don't think too much liberals and then everyone's like oh man that's crazy how there were such crazy bad people 50 60 years ago and then we beat them all up and now the world's great and it's like i i never interpreted history that way but it does seem that way because when you say something like do you think that really bad people could have power still and be doing bad stuff now people are coming around to it but i feel like growing up in the last 20 years people look at you like you have 15,000 faces like what what do you mean what do you mean the food supply is not that good like who would want to do that it's like have you ever read a history book i don't know pick a character you don't like maybe that guy a different version still around to some extent or is that that crazy to think that all of human history is filled with like violence and bloodshed and craziness but now it's just gone you know i don't i never understood that so you know this is not me justifying everything alex ever said because you know i listened to the full interview a lot of stuff he made total sense he explained how he was able to predict things and he said i was able to predict things because i read and listened to what they were talking about uh, another guy that I believe predicted 9-11 is Bill Cooper. You could try to find that clip. Good luck. But uh, Bill Cooper was saying he saw that CNN was doing interviews with bin Laden and his thought process before 9-11 was how can our intelligence communities not find bin Laden, but CNN's doing these full-blown interviews with them in caves. Something's not adding up. That was his logic from what I remember. I heard that clip a couple of years ago. Um, you know, and then they were calling him crazy as well. I'm sure him and Alex were kind of like rivals. I don't think he liked Alex Jones. He thought he was a phony, but they did similar things, which is, I don't know, conservative patriot talk radio, AKA conspiracy theories or whatever. Um, but when you're looking through the cracks and everybody else is just taking everything for face value, it seems super, super crazy. And G. Edward Griffin and Alex Jones, although they're totally different people, they both say the predictions that they made right ahead of time were because they were reading docu documents, crunching analytics and data. And I think that that's how it's done. Um, and I want to play this clip of G. Edward as well, because I, I got him. He's almost 90 years old when I did this interview. He is 90 now. And I played that clip of G. Edward Griffin from 1969. And I got to ask him, and if you want to see Alex Jones's response, unfortunately, I can't just play long clips like that, I don't think, uh, of that interview. So you could go to X, support that platform, or support Tucker if you want to watch that full interview. It's like an hour long. I can't play the whole thing. I think Benny Johnson did on his YouTube, but I don't know. I wasn't trying to do that. Here's a clip of me talking to uh, G. Edward Griffin, showing him that clip of him in 1969. And I said, you know, what do you think of this clip? And he says hey, I was curious. I started going to communist bookstores and I wanted to learn what they were thinking and what they were doing. And that's how he was able to put out a timeless piece of content that he made in 1969. Think about that. He made it in 1969 by himself as an independent journalist and it went viral in 2020. 69, 79, 89, 99,000. You can do the math. I don't know, 50, 60 years. I don't feel like sitting counting. That's boring, but uh, you know, ahead of when he made it incredible uh here's me asking him about that clip this is after i played him that clip and he watched it excuse me it's been a long time since i've seen that uh yeah i'm, I'm so happy to see that it went viral i mean i produced that you know back in 69 i think it was and yeah we sold a few copies i think it was on vhs tape and you know we were trying to get the word out right and i don't know we probably sold a couple hundred copies and and nobody cared much because they didn't see it. 
they couldn't imagine that anything I was saying was true. Uh, they didn't use the word or the phrase conspiracy theorist in those days, but they might as well have because they just said, this is not true. This is this is a kook, a kooky view of history. They talked about people like me wearing tinfoil hats and so forth, seeing a commie under every bed. These were all slogans. And people really wanted to hear that because they didn't want to believe what I was saying was true. It was much better to believe this other thing. And, and since that was coming from higher th levels of authority than mine, I'm just a nobody, people did believe that. So the video languished, it just sort of sat there. And then years later, decades later, somebody called me on the phone and said, hey, Ed, uh, you know, one of your old videos is, is going viral on the internet. I said, no kidding, which one? And they told me, I said, uh, what was that? Oh yeah, I don't remember that. <laughs> <laughs> and so that's how it happened. Because now, as I mentioned before, people can see it now. It's right in your face. Mm. But in those days, it was across the ocean and around the horizon and in a different era, all that stuff. So my reaction to that is I'm delighted that this is going viral. And I just hope that everybody sees it and realizes that this is conspiracy, not theory, but history. This is, um, and the conspirators themselves make no bones about it. They do write their own stuff. Uh, you saw me referring it to some communist uh, pamphlets and booklets that they put, that they themselves published. It's amazing because all of these conspirators at some point, conspirators at some point, have to put their ideas either into print or they have to deliver them verbally to somebody. And if you're diligent enough, and you're looking through the the and the anarchy, the not the anarchy, yeah, the archives, uh, the historical archives, you find quite often you'll find them their documents, like I did here. Of course, in these days, I I had gone to the communist bookstore in uh, Los Angeles. I think it was called the People's Bookshop down on Larchmont Street, and I hung out with the comrades for a little while letting them think that I was really interested in possibly joining their ranks. I didn't really tell them that, but they assumed that's the reason I was there. And for those who don't know, that's uh, G. Edward Griffin. He was also the guy who put together the Yuri Bezmenov interview. So he's like super legendary. And he explains, you know, how how he was so ahead of the curve. And it's inspirational to myself as well and anybody out there because, um, you know, he made that stuff 50, 60, 70 years ago. People didn't really care about it until recently. So sometimes if you make something timeless, you're not appreciated until later. But that's why it's called timeless, because it'll make sense in 30 years like it will now. I see a lot of people in the YouTube comments. I, I want to read some of your comments. I see a lot of backlash of Alex. Somebody said he also said Putin was going to invade in 2000 America. This is one thing I, I want to say. And, um, you know, maybe I'll make a different video about this sometime. Probably not uh, unless I'm super inspired to. But. Bill Cooper was very similar to Alex Jones. They both were kind of in that lane. And one thing that Bill Cooper didn't like about Alex Jones is that he said that Alex would basically exaggerate and make up certain stories that weren't true and scare everybody all the time. And I noticed people referencing things that he said that weren't true. And um, I haven't followed Alex every day like that. I heard him in 2008 when I was younger. Definitely like he he woke me up to certain things. And, and I would say hearing his like radio show him at least talking differently than everyone else. I was like, Oh, this guy, this guy's more on point, but it's one of those things. If you just say everything all the time, sometimes, sometimes things stick, some, some things don't. And I'm not saying Alex does that all the time, but I do know for a fact when the, and this is a true story. 
when the lockdown happened, I wanted to hear what Alex Jones said, right? The country's locking down. This sounds very similar to what he's been talking about for a while. And for the first week or so, Alex was saying that this virus was so deadly and everyone was going to die. And I remember at one point he was like screaming and he was like, say your prayers, say your prayers to Jesus. We're all going down. And it's like, dude, I don't like that stuff. That's why I stopped listening to Alex Jones. I like him. He seems like a nice guy. I don't hate him or anything. I don't think he's like a horrible person. But like, I, you know, I don't need fear mongering in my life. I don't need a guy that just yells and hypes stuff up all the time. If you're going to tell the truth, tell the truth. He's funny. He's exciting. But I do distinctly remember him screaming, saying that we were all going to die from the COVID virus because it's like a really bad China virus. And then like a couple weeks later, he said it's not that bad and they're lying us into tyranny. So sometimes Alex will say like all these things and then one of them comes true and he's like, see, I said that. But it's like, how many how many false theories did you put out there with every true theory? You know, I don't listen to him every day, so I have no idea. I can only speak on what I know. So I, I see a lot of people that really do like him and, and think he's a revolutionary. Others that are accusing him of being an agent or a liar. I'm not making false accusations like that. I'm just saying um, that's my interpretation. And it's interesting, too, for me. Um, when I was growing up, when I was like 19 and 20, I liked certain clips I saw on YouTube of Alex Jones. I was like, oh, this guy gets it. This guy's keeping it real. He's like a, he's outside the box. So at first I really liked Alex and I was young. I was like 18, 19. And even at this age, it's pretty crazy because it's the same. I'm like the same way now. I'm just older and hopefully wiser. Um, but I started trying to listen to Alex Jones more even then because I knew that he was telling a lot of truth. But back then I realized he was selling a lot of product and I don't mind the hustle but it just felt to me like a sales pitch where it's like every five minutes he's selling an ad all the time. It's really good for business. I don't knock him for it, especially growing up, understanding how money works when I'm 18. I didn't understand that, but I never could get into a show even when I was 18 or 19 because it just felt like it's just like every two seconds he's selling something and he's just like yelling all the time. And then I, I listened recently and it's like, you know, a few times I tried to turn it on and just take a shower. I have like a speaker in the shower. He was just like screaming. He's like, oh my gosh, we're going to die. Nuclear explosion. Oh, it's like, dude, like, that's not my idea of a good time in the morning. Like, it seems like he overhypes everything because he understands the more I hype stuff up, the more stuff I sell. Every day is a, th a story. Every day is a this or that. And just certain things. It's like, uh, I really do appreciate a lot of things that he said over the years. But when you know, Trump was selling the vaccine a lot. He was like, if Trump doesn't stop by October, I'm going to vote for DeSantis. And now he's like the biggest Trump dick rider. So it's like, I just feel like his word doesn't really mean anything anymore. Uh, I think he just says, like, he just likes to yell and say stuff where he's right, like 80% of the time, but he'll be wrong 20% of the time just to sell stuff and yell and get a headline and, and make a scene. But it's like, if you're a man and you say, I'm going to, like one day he said during the pandemic, QAnon's fake and I'm going to expose it on Tuesday. I actually believed him and I was like, oh, he's going to do it on Tuesday. And he never did it. So it's like he's kind of like 80 percent right, 20 percent filled with hot air and just trying to like make a scene. And um, at this point, I feel like I know a, a decent amount. I've been doing this for six years, been studying and I listen to a lot of MMA podcasts because a lot this is just my interpretation. And, I, you know, if you still listen or whatever, I'm not knocking it. This is just me being honest, like I'm just being transparent about what I like to listen to. A lot of conservative ink, and I'm not going to name names, but a lot of the, like the mainstream people, I guess I will name names. I don't know. Tim Pool, Charlie Kirk, uh, you know, I guess like Steven Crowder. Now Alex Jones is kind of in that group. Everybody gets to interview him and stuff. To me, I'm just, it just doesn't like stimulate me. I like listening to like Tucker Carlson, Theo Vaughn was a good podcast. There's certain interviews that I find very engaging and interesting that I really do like. 
But for the most part, like that mainstream conservative thing that everybody's listening to, to me, they like it, it just seems boring. Like they're not saying anything that like stimulates me intellectually. It's all just like tr I call it like Trump slop. You know what I'm saying? They're just like going over the Democrat headlines, like chasing the tail of the Democrats. Every two days or three days, they call somebody anti-Semitic and cry about hate speech. And then the next day they say they don't care about hate speech. To me, it's just like a circular kind of like, I don't know, Tim War Tim Pool yells civil war like every couple of days. It's just not for me. So it's like, uh, you know, sir, like I, I really did like the, um, I really did like the Tucker Carlson, Theo Vaughn interview. I thought that that was very interesting, but other ones I'm not really familiar with. Someone said, you're just, uh, you're just jealous of the legend, Alex. Um, I'm not jealous at all. I would never, that's not, it's not a competition of mine. It's not somebody I'm trying to replicate. And also I appreciate him and I'm grateful for, um, what he has done. I just think that, I don't know. He just yells all the time for me. I'm just being honest. Like some people like that but if i'm in the shower and this guy's screaming we're gonna die from nukes we're gonna die nukes 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 it's like that that's not like to me that's fear-mongering he's like the conspiracy version of cnn now he's just yelling and screaming trying to scare you so you buy his products like sell your products make a fortune i i hope alex makes a fortune it's just like do you have to constantly mix in you know lies and and, and fear-mongering to do it like i to me that's just i can't i can't listen to that it's not it's not interesting to me and I don't think it's honest. I think he's constantly trying to like scare people because he drinks too much alcohol and he's just constantly screaming and like yelling and, and, and can't sit still. But, you know, I'm, I like his jokes. I like his uh, comedy. I like a lot of his information. It's just I don't know. Once I heard him say we're all going to die from COVID and then the next week say we're not. It's like he it seems like a carousel of just freaking people out. <laughs> and it's like, where are we going with all that? You know, where's that? How, where's that going? I don't, it's not for me. Um, and as far as Tim and Steven, I think Steven's pretty funny. I think Tim is a good businessman. I'm not hateful at all. It's just, it's not entertainment that interests me. I, I think that a lot of these people have figured out, you know, where the money is and the money's just in riding Trump's coattails, saying generic stuff. And this is how the left really wins, in my opinion. Like they set a narrative like Russia collusion, right? Russia collusion is the story. And there's so much more important stuff going on. But because they're accusing Trump of Russia collusion, now every day Ben Shapiro has to come in and debunk Russia collusion. And Steven Crowder debunks Russia collusion. And he smokes cigars with Ted Cruz, who's a total sellout loser. But that's fine because Steven Crowder is making him look cool because he smokes cigars. Uh, you know what I'm saying? They all do this for three years. And that's how the Democrats win is they create these problems. And then even if you solve their problem, they're just wasting your time. The, in my opinion, the only person in Congress that isn't sold out is Thomas Massey. There's certain bills and legislation that make no sense that are pushing hate speech rules. And Thomas Massey's the only one in Congress that votes against it. You know, so all this other like uh, Republican kind of like Trump slop, like circusry that that even Alex Jones engages in, it doesn't make sense to me. And I think like I'm, you know, I think it's a intellectually, it's just like, I'm not acting like I'm so above it, but it's below me where Alex Jones sits on a show all day and says, oh, the vaccine's a bioweapon. It's bad. It's the worst thing ever. It's terrible. And Trump's on television saying it's so amazing. And Alex Jones still likes Trump a lot. And he just like makes stupid excuses. Like I'm, I'm not dumb enough to, to, to like, 
not see the inconsistencies. Like there's massive gaping inconsistencies with what he's saying. If you either you don't think the vaccine's a bioweapon and it's the worst thing in the world, because if you if Alex Jones thought the vaccine was as bad as he says it is, then there's no way he could have the other opinion. So either he's lying and he doesn't think the vaccine is that bad, or he actually doesn't care about people and, and his political, you know, affiliations and social circles are more more important than uh you know the information he's telling you like something just doesn't add up for me has nothing to do with jealousy or hatred it's just like it doesn't uh it doesn't do it for me anymore someone said it's world theater yeah i I don't like the false fear-mongering like even with tim pool he always yells civil war civil war where's the civil war tim pool what civil war there's a there is a uh divide in the country right there's two opinions people are are constantly mad at each other but there's not going to be a civil war like people are going to go in the streets. It's a digital civil war. It's an information civil war. It's a, you know, how do you win the battle moving forward? It's not by like screaming and freaking people out every day. And then like 50% of the time, you're not even right. Like, I'm not trying to wake up in the morning and hear that they're going to nuke me. Like, I'm not afraid of being nuked. I don't even believe that that's going to happen. But if you are afraid of it, then like, what are you going to do about it? Do you have nuke protectors? No, then how, then why even worry about it at all? Like why, and why scare your audience about it? Like if it were to happen, it's not, but if it were, um, like what, what's the point of yelling and causing fear and panic over it? Because fear and panic sell products and everybody has figured that out. Um, let me see. Someone said, I missed the documentaries he used to put out. He's a legend in the game. He's got a lot of great stuff. I even, you know, there's a lot of things that he says that are still, that still ring true. I just feel like this is my perception and people can agree to disagree that everybody, and I could tell you as a creator, it's true. Everybody knows that Trump is the cash cow. Like Alex Jones said, I'm going to do this. If Trump doesn't do this, Trump doesn't do it. Alex never does it. Why? Because he's in that little club with Crowder and stuff now. And everybody knows you just got to say generic stuff and just push like, you know, like there's certain lines you don't cross and there's certain truths you don't say. And everybody's kind of playing a game because it's a business. You know, they're like, all right, let me just let me just cash out on these Trump supporters. You know, like there's hundreds of millions of people who like Trump and uh, they're just cashing out on them. They don't they know that these people don't want to hear journalism or criticism. So they're just like cash out on these people. That's where the money is. Um like Carrie Lake, you know, that like, that's the vibe. It's just like, I get, I'm not mad or hateful. It's just like, that's what people want. It's similar to like the left wing. You don't go to a left wing convention and tell them the truth. Like that doesn't work really well. You know, it's not going to book you a lot of gigs. So let me see. Someone said the old Alex documentaries used to break down and explain how the world works. He's got a lot of great documentaries and a lot of really interesting connections for sure. Um, no doubt. Someone said, it's true. They have a plan to do it. Not not sure what, what you're referring to. Someone said, he's a traitor, not a legend. Why do you think he's a traitor? Do I trust Tucker Carlson Anomaly? I think he's doing some really good work and really interesting stuff. I like that he highlighted Thomas Massey and the the, the farm bill. I'm going to talk about that more soon. But um, do I trust him like he's my best friend? No. Um, do I think he does a better job than most? Yeah. I'm at the point now where... I'm 34 years old. I'm just giving you guys a little breakdown of who I am. I'm at the point, I don't need a bunch of new friends. It's nice when you meet someone that you really like and you're like, I could be friends with that guy. But I'm past the age of, I don't need to be popular. I don't need to go out every night. I don't need a group of 30 friends to hang out with and gossip. Like I'm too old for that stuff. So it's like, I have my family. That's always gonna be my family. 
I have certain friends and, uh, you know, if I make more, I make more, if not, if not, uh, long story short, like I don't look, I don't look to politicians and news hosts for a savior. You know, I think that's a huge issue. So with Tucker and Elon, I don't really expect anything from them. And I consider certain things that they've done a bonus. And if they ever do things that are like crazy off keel and they're, they're like, you know, sheep herding people into the wrong direction or the wrong war, I'll have no problem disagreeing respectfully or hopefully respectfully. So um, I don't, I would never trust a person I've never met. You, you know what I'm saying? It's like, think about like, what would you tell a kid? Like, hey, go trust that guy because you see him on TV. Like, that's kind of crazy. So I like him. I've heard he's a really nice person in person. If I hung out with him, I would trust that we would have a good time. I don't, I don't hate him or anything, but um, I, I, I would never trust somebody I've never met. Like, I don't, I don't look at trust that way. There's few people in this world that I really, truly trust. And there's no way I'm extending that to Elon Musk or uh, Donald Trump or uh, Tucker Carlson. So I think this is just my perception that people, everybody's looking for like a hero because the world's so crazy. And Tucker's very brave. Elon's very brave. I think you should reward people for their bravery. But this idea of like trust, like, for example, with Trump or Biden, they're politicians. So, you know, if Trump is doing a really good job and he's passing all these great bills and saving America, you should be like, yeah, I'm going to vote for him. That's awesome. But if Trump starts doing a lot of bad stuff, your job is not to trust him. He's not he's not your cousin unless he is your cousin. Then it's one thing. But I think his cousin, like whatever that Mary Trump or whatever, she has a podcast just complaining about him. But you get what I'm saying? Like the, the dynamic is like, Tucker Carlson is a journalist and a news analyst. I'm trying, I'm working for you. You know, I do it for free. It's not like I really even get, I mean, I do get paid, but you get what I'm saying. It's like, I don't have to do this. It's not like I have a contract with Fox News. I could quit whenever I want. I don't want to. I'm just saying like, I'm trying to serve you. I'm trying to be be good entertainment, good news and analysis. You know what I'm saying? I'm trying to be funny. I'm trying to be interesting. And the second that I'm not these things that you want me to be, you have no responsibility to, watch me or trust me. I think trust is earned. And if I've earned your trust, I appreciate it. And I plan on continuing that. So I, I just feel like the relationship that people have with, with Trump and, and Elon and Tucker, they're just looking at it different than I am. Like, do you, like they, they fully trust somebody and then they fully don't with Alex. I don't hate Alex, but I I'm, I'm not stupid. So if Alex starts rambling and ranting about something that I can tell is a cover up and a redirection of something that actually matters that Alex clearly doesn't want to talk about and hasn't talked about in years, and he's constantly misdirecting, I'm smart enough to know that he's doing that. So I don't need uh, someone to tell me that you, you, you can only, you can only push me towards not believing me that by showing me evidence, like you're not going to bully me into like believing something I don't believe. You got to prove it to me and you got to convince me. So it's one of those things with Elon, Tucker, Trump. I'm not an idiot. I'm a grown man. I do this full time. I have common sense. I, I study every day. Um, you can earn my trust by being honest. The second that Tucker or Elon or Trump starts doing whack stuff, I'm not a cheerleader. I'm not a sports fan. I'm not their girlfriend. You know, they're not my family member. The trust is earned, not given. And I think an issue in this country is everybody's like, you could, everybody could say what they want, but Trump has become a full blown cult figure. You know what I'm saying? People built a religion around him and they trust Trump more than they trust Jesus or their own family. And it's like, it's going to lead to dire consequences, whether people want to believe it or not. 
when it comes to Alex, there's a lot of things that he said that I give him credit for, but there's a lot of nonsense that he's put out over the years that it's just like, I'm smart enough to know is not true. And personally, this is just a preference. I don't like that he's constantly fear mongering. Like I'm not even joking. Like I'm listening to a show and he's screaming, Nancy Pelosi, you know, they're going to nuke you. Like, it's just like, I don't, I, that's not entertaining to me. And it's also not honest to me. It's, it, it's like, he's trying to scare me in the morning. And then as soon as he scares the crap out of you, he's selling products for five minutes, every five minutes, sell your products. I don't want you to not sell products, make your money. Everybody should. It's a way to stay independent, but you don't need to scare the crap out of me and lie to me to sell your products. When, when Alex does stuff like that, in my opinion, it takes away from other stuff. And I've listened to his debate over Israel recently. And, uh, you know, let's just say I'm not really impressed. I think he's, uh, I think he's clearly being disingenuous and I think he knows that. And I think anybody that's, that knows anything knows that. So, you know, that's for him to decide and other people to decide, but it, it, it's not for me to be hateful. I'm just analyzing what I see. And if people disagree, that's fine. Cause some things are also perception and taste. Like you don't, you don't like the music I like, and that doesn't make you wrong. Although if you don't like my playlist, obviously you're wrong, but, uh, you know, certain people have certain preferences of what they like and dislike. I'm just being transparent about it. And, uh, you know, one thing that's like that too, and listen, everybody deserves a private life. And I hate that they did this to Tucker Carlson. I think it's terrible because I do like Tucker, but you know, Tucker was texting that he hates Trump and he can't stand till he's gone. Like he just, he, he, he like really hates Trump, but he doesn't like, he knows that Trump is also a business and there's like, it's not good for Tucker to go against the business of Trump. So now all of a sudden, you know, Tucker doesn't feel the way he really feels. Like everybody's just putting on an act in my opinion. Like I, I get it. It's smart business wise, but it's like, if you say that you like really hate Trump and you can't stand until he's gone. Uh, but then it's like, you know, you're like, Oh, I, you're hanging out with them and stuff. It's like, I listen, do it. I get it. Network apologize. There's nothing wrong with that. Everybody has preferences. It just feels like everybody's playing a game, you know? And that's just how I perceive things. And I can't, it, it, you know, it's like if I'm used to eating steaks every day and then somebody puts some like burger schlop in front of my face that they found in a dumpster, it's not, I, I'm just not into it anymore. Um, and I'm not saying that they are that necessarily. It's just, I can't like, I can't go back in time and want to listen to things that I don't care about anymore. But I like Tucker. I, I'm just saying. Um, let me see. Someone said you're never disingenuous. Well, thank you, Alan. I, I do my best. Someone said Alex Jones is a is a CNP shill. I don't even know what CNP is, but let me see. Man, I'm trying to find the old video. It must be buried. There's from many uh, many years ago where he he had been inciting the end of the Fed type rallies and then shows up and fights with his followers. I haven't seen that, but I I think someone was clipping that or said something about that. Um, where do I think the future of our country is headed? Our country's sovereignty. I'll read the super chat after this, but um. I see this trend of, and this is why hopefully I can help people with this too. Cause sometimes I have a trouble, I have trouble with being patient. I'm very like spontaneous. I'm very like all over the place. So patience is an issue that I have, but what I'm noticing is certain issues that I really desperately wanted everybody to care about like two years ago and nobody was listening to me. Like I had, I talked to somebody like four years ago about something and they were like, no, they were conservative. You don't get it. Like, I don't get it. And now they're hitting me up and being like, yo, I totally get what you're talking about. I didn't understand it then. So sometimes it just takes time. 
all these leaders in Europe that they were saying are far right and white supremacists, and they had all these words for them. They're all winning now, like Geert Wilders. And they, like, you know, the, these guys were considered fringe a couple years ago. Now Europe gets what time it is. And I'm not even saying these are going to be good leaders, but, you know, the worse things get, the more people wake up. And I think with America, this is my biggest concern with Trump. If he wins, he's got to execute and actually do his job. If he doesn't, he just wasted populist America. Like it's all in Trump's hands. He basically runs a religion of the right. Everyone's going to vote for him. They don't question him. They don't care what he does. They're just enthralled by the idea of him doing it. So now if he doesn't do it, like where do we go from there? If Trump fails again, like he did last time, if he hires the swamp, like he does last time, if he, you know, flip-flopped on everybody like he did last time, where's our movement? We don't have a movement. So it's like, you know, I see that if conservatives can stay true to their principles and th see through the false paradigm, I see this country, I think it can turn around. I think it will turn around, but that's where Trump is this interesting character. Like either he's going to really fix everything or he's just going to like take away all the time that we could have fixed it and slam it into the ground. I've been vocal about it. I don't care. I probably lost six figures saying stuff like this, but I think Trump is a Judas goat. I think he's basically there to suck up all the Ron Paul, Alex Jones, populist energy. I don't think he did much with it last time. I think he hired all the worst people. I think his pardon list was terrible. His whole cabinet was the swamp and I don't see any signs. And he sold the globalist socialist vaccine like it was the greatest human achievement and is one of the least shameless people I've ever seen in my life that just pathologically lies every time he's on Fox News because he knows that the right wing is so subservient to him that he can get away with it due to all the Trump, DeSantis, Nikki Haley false paradigms that people can't think straight or the Alvin Bragg arrest. So, you know, I hope that Trump is the real deal because I think that people do want a leader who's going to fix stuff. But it's like, if he's not that guy, I see America going down the tubes. Like he's just a, a Judas go to like suck up all the energy for 10 years and fail people. But I hope he doesn't. Derek said with a $5 super chat talking about conspiracy historian. Do I know Jay Dyer, Richard Groves, Dave, James Corbett and Rachel Wilson? I've heard the name Jay Dyer, but I'm not super familiar with his work. All the other people, I'm not sure. Um, but yeah, I'm not, I I've heard that name on Twitter or something though, but I, I I'm not a hundred percent familiar. Someone said this time Trump knows his enemies and he knows how to shut them down. You, I hope so. I hope you're right, Deanna, but I don't, I don't think he does. And I, I think this is where, and I'll tell you, I'll be transparent and then we can kind of work through this, but only time will tell here's why I don't think so. Like if Trump literally stood up there and said, I figured it all out. I know who's bad. I know who's good, but he doesn't do that. It's like, he's still, he's worse than he's ever been. He lies more than he ever has. And he's still surrounded by horrible people. So I think he's figured out the script of what to tell you. Like he knows that's what would make you trust him again. So he keeps saying that, but his actions are not matching his words. You get what I'm saying? I don't believe it. I don't, I don't think I can't even think of two people in his cabinet that he hired that were good. And I I don't know who he's going to hire because anybody that's good, he gets mad at. Anybody that's competent that slightly says anything, like someone like Candace Owens, he gets mad at. I'm not saying Megan Kelly's that great, but she gives him a good interview. He gets mad at it. Uh, you know what I'm saying? Thomas Massey endorsed Ron DeSantis. So Trump says he's not going to hire any of those people, even though Thomas Massey is the only good person in Congress. So where's the evidence that he's learned his lesson? He's lying more now than he did in 2016. So like, I don't see the evidence that he's, I think he just knows how to 
delegate blame. Like it wasn't me who hired everybody. It was them. And this time it's going to be different, but I, I just don't see it. Um, I hope he does. I really do. I just like, who's he going to hire for secretary of state? He's going to hire somebody just like Mike Pompeo. Who was Mike Pompeo? A former CIA director. Like that's just, that's who Trump, like, I can't even think of two or three people he hired. And the only good people he did hire, he doesn't even like them anymore. Cause a lot of them kind of jump ship, but I hope I'm wrong. I hope he does. And at bare minimum, I think Biden set the bar so low that, you know, the bar is set so low. Like, how could you possibly do worse than Biden? It's pretty hard at this point. So no matter what Trump does, even if he slightly closes the border, people will act like that's some huge win because Biden, it's just open season. What Trump should do, I hope he does, is like, you know, deport everybody that's here illegally. You know, all the tens of millions of people that came across the border in the last 10 years, you know, you got to go. Uh get really strong on certain stuff, stop printing so much money. But I'm not trying to be a downer. I just don't know what you do with America. Like we're in so much debt, you know, and Trump raised the debt like in an insane amount. He printed more money than Obama. So it's like, I feel like the damage is done. I don't even know what he can do, but hopefully they could turn it around and, and chill out and, and put put things to use. But someone said he didn't pardon Julian Assange. If you read Trump's full pardon list, it's like pretty revealing. Uh, you know, but people don't, don't, don't care, I guess. Someone said Trump has been taking a beating, but is this all a plan? I don't know. It's hard to trust anyone right now. Could be one of two things. I mean, on one hand, I'm going to give out the options. And the truth is, you know, this is why I feel like people like me besides that I do other good work, but you know, I'll be honest, like time will tell all like Trump's legacy of what, if he does get back in, if he doesn't get back in, you got to stop acting like he's some massive victim. He had the keys to the castle. He blew it. And he's not a victim. I know everybody. He's a victim. He he failed. And that's why he got got in 2020. He's not a victim. So if he doesn't win, his legacy sucks. No matter, everybody will make excuses for it. But whatever. If he wins, he's got four. He, it's like the ultimate. I got four years. So if Trump crushes for the next four years, he could change his whole legacy around and really fix it. But in general, I think there's two options. One they really do hate him a lot. And it's just because even though he didn't execute on a lot of his ideas that he said too much stuff that they disagreed with, or it's just another like Roman theater. It's like, you know, some people could say like, why, why is Trump in court? It's like, why did Jeffrey Epstein go to court? Jeffrey Epstein got arrested. Ghislaine Maxwell got arrested. Does that mean Ghislaine Maxwell and Jeffrey Epstein are secretly good guys? Harvey Weinstein got in trouble. Is he your best friend? So, you know, people don't want to think this way, but there have been I think Melendez or whatever that uh, Democrat politician was. Um, there have been other people that have gotten in slight trouble. I mean, Epstein, you saw what happened with that. But, you know, it's like, well, if Trump is such a bad guy, it's like, how 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 is he going to court? It's like, like Epstein and Maxwell. And I don't know, like it's happened before to other people that were way worse than Trump. It's not like unthinkable. But in general, also, I think that uh, this creates a story that doesn't include anything that matters. Like if you can create a left versus right story, the bankers win, the military industrial complex wins, the pharmaceutical industry wins. Like the, the real story that nobody's talking about is Biden is corrupt and printed too much money and Trump is corrupt and printed too much money. They both hired the swamp and they both printed us into an inflation and scammed us with COVID. But that's the story that's not being told because it's now Trump versus Biden and DeSantis versus 
Trump and Nikki Haley versus Vivek and you know what I'm saying? Uh, George Santos versus Jimmy Kimmel. And, you know, it's like the squad versus Ben Shapiro. Like there's all these other stories. So, and then Thomas Massey is the only one like, Hey, the quality of our meat is insane. It's all coming from China and Brazil and you don't even know where it comes from. And they change the labeling and no one even knows like that story never makes it. If there's not a Tucker Carlson pushing it or someone like myself, that's trying to push it, but I don't have that much reach. Um, you get what I'm saying? But I do have some reach. I'm not going to lie. I did get that story out there a decent amount. And Tucker definitely helped a, an extraordinary amount. But like it, it creates this paradigm where it's like if, if Democrats win in court, they win. If Democrats lose in court, they win. If Russia collusion goes through, they win. If Russia collusion doesn't go through, they win. It, do, it doesn't even matter if you win the narrative because the narrative itself is the circus and the distraction where it's just wasting your time and kicking the can down the road. So it's like, to me, that's what it is, is it creates this whole other world. And I, I'm not trying to be rude, uh, which I should put on a T-shirt eventually because I say that all the time and I'm truly not trying to be. I'm not a rude person, but I have friends that it's almost like liberals when they get like programmed and they start wearing masks and they can't think straight. Like I have Trump supporting friends that I believe kind of got mind controlled also because it's like, for two years, they got mad at what I was saying about the lockdowns and the COVID and the vaccine and the socialism and the money printing. Two years, people were getting mad at me. And then there were three months. I remember it was November to like January. All of a sudden, every influencer that you follow started sounding like me. They started saying, well, DeSantis is doing better at this. Trump's kind of dropping the ball here. You know, I'm getting kind of sick of his rhetoric. And everybody started coming around to the idea of what I was talking about for two years ago. And the Hodge twins were talking about it. And Brandon Tatum was talking. And like everybody was talking about it. And then as soon as the Alvin Bragg arrest happened, it's like brainwash eyes, you know, emoji, emoji. It's like, we must support Donald Trump against the deep state. And it's like, you know, it created this whole new narrative where it's like now Trump supporters are in this spell for three years running circles. Like someone texted me the other day, my buddy, and I'm not knocking it because I do think Trump is getting persecuted to some extent. But it's like, yo, Jack Smith said this. And it's like, who's Jack Smith? You know, Jack Smith is like Robert Mueller. It's a name that in three years, it's not going to matter anymore. And nobody's even going to remember it. Like Robert Mueller was a guy. He has a legacy in the American government. But in general, it's like, who cares about Robert Mueller right now? Nobody. Who cares about Russia collusion? Nobody. So it's like, it's just like a plot where it's like everyone was coming around to this idea that it wasn't just the Democrats who scammed us. It was also the Republicans. Uh, and then now all of a sudden, it's just like, I want to hear about this story that no one's going to care about in two years that takes us away from calling out both parties and creates the paradigm again. Um, I want to read this comment because it's true. It's This is not just why too, but someone said Anomaly used to get 4,000 viewers live, then TDS kicks in. I don't have TDS, but this is why so many other Republicans just lie to you and tell you what you want to hear. They know that they're going to lose a lot of business. Privately, these people are like, I can't stand the guy. Publicly, they're like, he's my best friend. Like they're doing it just to make money off you. So that doesn't, that just makes me look more ethical. I'm telling you what they're all thinking. They just don't want to tell you because they know it's easier to scam you if they just tell you what you want to hear. And I'm telling people what I truly believe. And here's the thing too. I'm not lower on live viewers just because of that. I still get millions of views on Instagram. I get hundreds of thousands, uh, uh, tens of thousands of shares. Like I'm bigger than I've ever been and I don't really care. I'm just saying uh, it's just on reels now. It's not all about live streams. When I was getting th those many people on live streams, that was the only thing. Facebook was promoting it. Still, if I share a meme or something, I could get a thousand shares, you know what I'm saying? A hundred thousand viewers. It's just like that's the progression of social media and they don't, 
unless you can really get a good audience or not get got, um, you know, things will, will change paces. But the, also what you're saying is partly true as well. It's like, you know, I personally believe the Charlie Kirks, the Steven Crowders, the Alex Joneses who talks about this sometimes and then flip flops on it. They all know what I'm saying. If I were to, why, like if I went on Steven Crowder's show or Charlie Kirk's show or Alex Jones's show or Patrick Bad David's show, and I said exactly what I'm saying here now, do you think they would be able to out debate me and disagree with me? Do you think that they would be able to come up with something that made more sense than what I'm saying? I've been on certain people's shows and they just agree with me. They're like, yeah, you're right. But they know where the speaking gigs are. They know where the money is. They know where the business is. It's in right. It's just in saying, you know, playing the Trump game, talking about DeSantis's shoes. Like that's where the money is. It's like, just, you know, join the kindergarten team. So, you know, if, if that is true, I don't, I don't see it as I'm losing that much esteem. But if I was to, I'd rather do that than say things I don't believe just to make, you know, save face. And it's like, that is what absolutely is going on. It's like rational thinking is considered derangement syndrome because people are deranged under Trump. But what I'm saying is that's what happened. There were three months. I'm not, I'm not, I'm not just saying this. There were three months when everybody started saying what I said from 2020 to 2022, everyone was like, oh, that makes sense. I get it now. I'm going to say that on my channel because it's safe to say it now. Tim Pool was saying it. He said Trump should get out of the race and DeSantis should run. And then as soon as Trump got arrested, it was like Trump is being persecuted. We must not talk about the bipartisan tyranny. It does not matter. Trump is the victim and the Democrats are bad. And it's like if the the, the donors and, and the establishment can keep you in this left right paradigm, they don't care. Trump being elected in 2016 didn't stop a lockdown in 2020. They don't need Biden there to get what they want if you can't figure out that they're doing it. So I don't necessarily, you know, and you'll you'll see a lot of these big donors that must not be named because it's hate speech to say what they are. But uh, these big donors are going to start to dump their money into Trump because now that the left is turning against Israel, they don't want to donate anymore. They were fine with the left pushing anti-Christian rhetoric. They were fine with the left bashing your kids. They were fine with the left, you know, sexualizing your children. But God forbid the left criticize the country that, you know, you can't speak about. Then all of a sudden, all these mega donors start, uh, start pulling their money. Where do you think they're going to put their money? Probably into Trump because Trump is more bullish on that war than even Biden and Democrats are. So it's like, your perception that he's some massive outsider that nobody likes, you know, is, is, is only partially true. You know, there's elements of it that are true, but he's not really that big of a threat if his own base can't figure anything out. I don't understand. Like if I were the elites, I would want him in there because it's like nobody in your base thinks straight when you do stuff. If DeSantis sold a vaccine, everyone would cry. But when you do it, they say it's a secret plan. Like why not take the, why not pick the character that completely neutralizes the opposition? You know, it, 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 it's like the easiest thing, but that comes down to people being able to critically think. Um, so I don't know, you know, that's where I see the future. It's like, if, if people kind of get to it, then I think there's a lot of momentum in our direction, but they have to be ready to stop role-playing through Trump theater. And when he gets in, put the pressure on him because you know, no more excuses. We already had four years of excuses. Like you can't have excuses. Like I was very patient his first term, but it didn't work out. So it's like the second he gets in, if he hires crappy people, there's no secret. He's hiring crappy people. It's not, if he hires a pharmaceutical lobbyist to run HHS, 
It's not a master plan. He just sold out just like everybody else. You got, if you guys could stop playing the nonsense BS game of making excuses for it, we could actually crush for the next four or five years. But if his base is just like, Ooh, you know, then he'll probably just crap all over everybody again and blame somebody else and, you know, have a fall guy. Lucia said, dude, you don't know shit. Don't mean to sound rude. This is just my humble impression. Oh yeah. You're so humble, Lucia. Thank you for your hashtag humble. So humble, uh, thought, thought process. Thank you. I'm going to call you humble, hum, humble, humble Stein. Okay. Happy Hanukkah, humble, humble Stein. And by the way, all my Jewish followers, happy Hanukkah. I saw it was the first day of Hanukkah. God bless you guys. Enjoy yourself. You know, watch a uh, eight crazy nights, Adam Sandler. If you want to, that's a good time. I watched that with my Jewish buddy one year. I was like, that's a weird movie, but it's pretty funny. I like it. Uh, anyway, let's see. Someone said, please stand up to your government and stop the genocide in Gaza. They're destroying the Holy Land. There's not really much I can do, but um, as far as the Gaza, what is it, Israel-Palestine situation, I've said my piece. I've made videos on it. Um, I'm not, I, I don't know. I don't, I don't know what you want me to do. I don't think I have the type of power that you think I have to stop a war, but I, I can only voice my opinion, tell the truth and say what I think. And I've done that probably a thousand times. Let me see. Why is the world legalizing marijuana for the first time? Said a freckled man. I don't know. It's an, it's an interesting thought though. I, I'm not sure what their goal is, but here's what I will say. Marijuana is a plant, but when they legalize it, it has all these restrictions and regulations in it. it. It's not, you know, it's like with everything. It's a cash cow. You make money, but who's growing it? How is it being grown? What are they spraying it with? Who owns it? Like these are questions that people should look into because anytime they legalize it, they're not just saying, oh, grow, grow marijuana in your, in your corner. It's like a whole industry and a market and a rate like in, in California, only certain people can get the, you know, the registration to even grow it or sell it. So they're, they're just making a fortune off it. Derek G said, I don't think change can come from politicians. It can only come from individual initiatives, local activism and networking, lawfare, journalism, not relying on the state, big corporations and religion. Good super chat. Yeah, no, I absolutely agree. And uh, that's the next five years. The only thing like if, even if people like Trump, vote for Trump, go to rallies, really the only thing I'm asking you to do is be yourself. You know what I'm saying? If he does or says stuff you disagree with, and he starts putting in people into his cabinet that you don't think are good, your your gut is probably right. We've already played the game. This is why I'm being so strict about it. We've already played the game of like, let him just do it and see what he does. And maybe he hired them for a secret plan. Like he did it. Um, so now next time we have all this leverage, like, you know, if he starts doing weird stuff, it's up to his base to, to, to change it. But I don't say this to fight with people, but I've already figured out who the Republican party is. Like the, I'll give you an analogy of what I think the Republican party is, including Trump. Um, it's like Thomas Massey comes out and shares a meme that says that Congress cares about Zionism more than American patriotism, right? They say, even if you're pro Zionist, pro Israel, I believe that meme is true. It's true that Congress cares about Zionism more than American patriotism. Even if you're the most pro-Israel person in the world, that's not hate speech. It's humor based on truth. Chuck Schumer cried about it. And then Breitbart News wrote an article and called him an anti-Semite. And all like half of your favorite Republicans were crying about it, calling him anti-Semitic. 
That's what the Republican Party is. They're controlled opposition. They're there to just sit there. And the second that you say something that shatters the left-right paradigm that they're also doing, they cry about it, call it hate speech, try to cancel your protest, try to blackball you and blacklist you, and make sure you can't exist there because they only want people there that aren't going to go there. So that's why it's controlled opposition. Like That's the whole party, in my opinion, including Trump. And just like you know, the people that like him do it, even like the far, far right, quote unquote, these type of people do it as well. They're like, oh, DeSantis is sold out to Israel. And it's like, okay. And they're like, but Trump's going to save me. And if you disagree with Trump, then you're bad. And it's like, Trump is just as sold out. What are you talking about? Did you not look at his last administration? Like, why can't you call both out at the same time? Why do you have to play fanboy, you know, Dracula, you know what I'm saying? Like role play, like Yu-Gi-Oh with Trump, but with DeSantis, everything's bad. But with Trump, it doesn't exist, even though it does. It's like everybody's so fake with Trump. I don't understand it. Like the far, far right or whatever you want to call them. I'm not trying to falsely label people. They're fake with Trump. These people are fake with Trump. The QAnon people have lost their mind. It's like, you get what I'm saying? It's like everyone's like, like, like being so fake. And uh, in the media, it's just not, like, look, go look at, go look at a turning point, uh, a rally or whatever, two years ago and look who spoke there. And then look at the turning point this year. It's a Trump fest. They, they Trump is the cash cow. It's, it's Trump cella. You know what I'm saying? You don't, you can't rise the ranks unless you ride the coattails and kiss the ring. So if you go to turning point, it's going to be a great networking event. I like a lot of people there. But it's just going to be a bunch of people saying the same thing because they know if they said anything interesting or unique or honest or intellectually like fair that they would not get paid $20,000 or $10,000 to speak at that event. So it's it's a business. People are making a business around this stuff. And I get it. It's, it's, it's not smart to do what I'm doing business-wise. You get what I'm saying? I would probably get in trouble if I had like fiduciary duty to shareholders, but my business is me, myself, and I, so I could take financial hits, but I'm, I'm taking financial hits all the time. You know, if I just rode Trump's coattails, it's, it's a lot more profitable. Um, and personally too, I know that there's certain people that they're figuring out how to like pretend like they're doing what I'm doing, but not actually do it and get those gigs. They're like, how do I, like, that's cool. How do I basically just pretend like I'm doing that? but like also not really do it so I can be there. Like, it's like, there's a whole game being played. Uh, it's, it is what it is, but it's like, I'm not, I'm not here, uh, for any other reason than what I've told you. So it's like, I, you know, I'll, I'll roll with the punches and like with G Edward Griffin, hopefully in 30 years, it still makes sense what I'm saying or in five years. So I'm, I'm going for timeless content, not a quick thrill. I've, I've had Dr. Sheep on the show three times, guys. I, I'm not this. I appreciate you guys bringing him up. But when people are like anomaly, you got to you got to hook up with Shiva. Or you got to do this. I was like, he's been on. The, he was on the show two months ago. Check it out. Um, someone said anomaly. You were on the Trump train till he became a vaccine salesman. But here go back to 2019 when Trump signed the omnibus bill and he said he'd never sign a spending bill again. I, I called it out. I've been a journalist. It's just Trump was doing really well. So my journalism was going in his favor. I've never been a coattail writer. My biggest video ever said I didn't even vote for him in 2016, which then gave me credibility to compliment him because I wasn't just a dick writer. So I've been the same. Of course, I've changed and adapted certain views and I've grown. I'm not like the same exact person I was. Nobody should be like a butterfly. We should all grow and get out of our cocoon. But like I've I've always called Trump out. And even in 2019, I trust me, I'm a business as well. I'm I did really well in 2020. 2019 I did pretty good. But it's like 
in general, I, I notice I'm making a lot of money. Everybody likes what I'm doing. Everybody likes me. The second I said Trump just signed a multi-trillion dollar bill, it's going to cause inflation. And he said he'd never sign that. He raised the smoking age. It had, you know, Democrat gun control bills in it. It was a garbage spending bill. And that's when I figured out, I was like, oh, I thought Trump was different. I made that in 2019 before he sold the vaccine. It's not just about the vaccine. It's just like, that's the truth. I'm telling you the truth. This is why the Republican Party is controlled opposition. If you're in my position, we're all doing pretty well. I'm doing well. I could be doing better, of course, but it's like in the top, top tier, like Tucker Carlson's getting offered $100 million contracts. Charlie Kirk's making a fortune. Steven Crowder's making a fortune. They're making tens of millions of dollars. Like they don't want to, like they have businesses. You know what I'm saying? Like, let's just, let's just say, for example, if I go against Trump and say he signed an omnibus bill. And I talk about that instead of just complimenting him. And I notice that my revenue is, is 50% less than it was. I can take the hit because I'm willing to go broke for what I believe in, but also I'm not employing anybody and I don't have that much expenses or at least as much as maybe some other people do. If you run a business like Crowder or, or, or one of these people and you have 20 employees or 10 employees, and you criticize Trump, even though it's completely accurate and journalistically true and conservative, and you notice that 50% of your revenue goes down, you might have to fire half of your staff. So you think I'm just joking or being jealous or something. I'm just being honest, even in some cases, defending them. They're making business decisions. You got to change yourself to change the world. And if this is what the base wants, then this is what the base is going to get. A lot of these people don't want to lose millions of dollars. I'm willing to put it all on the line for what I believe in. I didn't come here just to be another version of Fox News, which is what the right wing is becoming. I would say Charlie Kirk and all of his friends and all these people, they're just the new Fox News. I like Charlie. He's not a bad person. I think he's come around on a lot of issues, but they're doing the same thing Fox is doing. They're balancing the books. They're making sure. And it's like, if you like, I'll give you a quick example. Like, you know, I, I want to look at the exact thing, but, and, and I hate to do this because honestly, Tucker Carlson, I love this guy and nobody deserves to have their stuff read, but it came out in a court case. It's the only reason I'm saying it. And it said, you know, tr I guess he said to somebody, we're very, very close to being able to ignore Trump most nights. I truly can't wait. I hate him passionately. I can't handle much more of this. So Tucker Carlson tells people he hates Trump passionately. Like that's what he truly thinks. He hates Trump passionately. That's even more aggressive than me. But now he's all around Trump, Trump, Trump. You know what I'm saying? Like it's not profitable. It's not a good business to, to do that. You have to just pretend like you really, how many other people are like that where they secretly just disagree with so much that he's doing, but they don't want to cut their business by 80%. They don't want to lose money. They don't want to have to fire 10. And that's what business is. Like if you're, you know, say you're like right side broadcasting network. I'm just, this is an extreme example, but like right side broadcasting network is basically just Trump dick riding network. And there's nothing wrong with that. They go to every rally, they cover it. They've made an entire economy out of riding Trump's nuts. And I'm not even mad at it. I think that that's a good profession and somebody had to do it. And it's really beneficial to have them at Trump rallies, interviewing people and selling stuff. But like, do you think if right side broadcasting network had a host or a couple hosts on that started being more objective when it came to the Republican primary and calling out the pros and cons of Trump and DeSantis, dude, they would lose 90% of their revenue. Like they can't business wise, they literally can't do that. So they have to just have people on that are like, did you see Ron DeSantis's boots? Let's talk about his boots for the 50 millionth time. And it's like, you know, like that's, it, it's like kindergarten for Republicans. Like, yeah, his boots. And it's like, dude, that was funny the first time I heard it. 
not the 500,000th time I've heard it. It's like, you know, someone funny tell the joke and then like 15 girls in high school tell the same joke. And then four weeks later, the dumbest girl out of all of them tells the joke again. It's like, Becky, we've already heard the joke from the originate. Like, you know, whoever made that joke originally was probably funny if it was Trump or whoever. But like now that that's like, you know, I guarantee you go to Turning Point and take a drink every time somebody talks about DeSantis's boots. I bet you 10 different speakers mention it. They go, hey, guys, the boot. At least I'm not wearing boots. <laughs> it's like, you know, that's what gets you money. Like not doing an intellectual in-depth discussion on stuff like that's not. You know, for example, like Jordan Peterson, right? He's very smart, simultaneously lost his mind. Like if he were, if he did what Candace Owens did and was like, you know what? I want to question both sides of this war and I want to bring on, you know, I, I'm going to question Israel and Palestine. Do you think Jordan Peterson would be able to be where he's at? You get what I'm saying? It's like, no, Jordan Peterson is like, you know, he he's just adapted Ben Shapiro's foreign policy and just screams on Twitter. And it's like, you know, it's like there's certain topics that you just play along with and i don't know if he's doing it purposely or what or if he truly believes that but i'm under the analysis that some people it, it makes them feel cool they've never felt cool in love so this is like a community that they like other people it's a business decision they don't want to lose their business and they can't afford to and other people they're just surrounded by people like that like how do so many liberals get so detached from reality it's by only hanging around with other liberals and then that's all they hear. So they think it's normal, but it's not normal. Like to me, that's the Trump cult. Now they all just hang around each other, make money. They got all the sponsors, they got all the donors and that's where all the cash is. And they all just hang around each other. And then they don't, they don't have conversations with people outside of that structure. Uh, so, so it's just all they know. They don't know anything anymore. It's like, we're fighting the left and beating up the left. Ha 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 ha. Poop, 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 poop. It's like very mature stuff. Um, Someone said, I don't watch TV or channels that are just low IQ shilling. You could tell they just repeat echo chamber talking points. You learn nothing useful. Speak life. Exactly. And this is what I'm saying as a consumer. I understand it's not necessarily going to be popular, but I know to the people that are in the know that it is one of the more interesting shows because it is intellectually stimulating. But that's how I feel as a consumer. Um, I like I, I've, I've told people for a while I like MMA and it, it kind of just takes me away from politics. It's just a nice break since I'm in it all the time. Um, but if I'm going to listen to politics or news analysis or something, it's got to be something that stimulates me where, you know, I said this about Trump and RFK and it still holds true. I'm not saying RFK would make a better president than Trump. I don't know that that's true. But what I will say is if I listen to two hours of Donald Trump or I listen to two hours of RFK, I'd rather listen to two hours of RFK, even though I'd probably rather vote for Trump because RFK is a little more intellectually stimulating. He talks about different things. He knows a lot of information. Trump is like a clown. He just says the same things over and over and over again that he's been saying for three years. How many times has he said, my vaccine saved 100 million lives, I think, maybe because my Democrat friend told me. I've heard him say it 15 times. Like It's like the same script over and he hasn't said something unique or interesting in years. It literally is making Republicans stupider. Like The average Republican probably lost 20 IQ points just repeating him and cat turd in circles and right side broadcasting network. So when I come along, it's just like people can't even think straight. They're like, drooling out of their mouth. And I'm not saying it's always been that way. It's just, he's just been on a loop for the last two, three years. And so everybody's been on a loop because that's where the money is. But when it comes to a uh, certain podcast and et cetera, 
I'm not a hater, but it's like, I can't listen to Tim pool cause he's way dumber than me. And I think that's why that Tim pool sabotaged my booking when I went to fly to him and it, and it messed up. And they were like, this is the first time we've ever had a flight problem. It's like, we, we usually book people way earlier into the day before. So why did you book mine so close? If you never do that and you've booked a thousand people, but you've never once had a problem. Sounds like you purposely made that happen because you left like no room. Even if there was no slight delay, I still would, it still would have been cutting it close. Like, why did you do that? I think they purposely sabotaged it because Tim is like a condescending prick. He talks down to everybody that's on his show. And, and it's like, you know, I'm, I'm not a man you would talk to like that. You could disagree with me. We could debate. We could have a friendly conversation, but you're not going to talk down to me like, like Tim pool, like yelling at me when you're like one eighth as smart as me. So you know, like that time, like Tim slop is like, it's just like, it's like, here's the headline. Let's just yell generic things and yell civil war. Like he never says anything intelligent or interesting, but you know, he gets all the podcast gigs and he gets all, it's like, you know, they're, they're, they're going all around. Like, Oh, look how, look at how profound he is. Like, he's not even saying any, like he's basically taking what I thought five years ago when I barely knew anything about Republican politics and just saying it on loop like angrily with like a douchey tone with zero humor or personality you know like tim's not somebody you'd meet at a bar and be like oh he's got a really good personality like oh normally dude he's a nice guy he's really he's really charming he's got a good personality you meet tim you're like dude that, this guy sucks you know what i'm saying like why is he a top podcaster because he's a good businessman he works really hard but he doesn't rock the boat he just says basic things like basic republican benny johnson memes like it's like, I can't listen to this. I get stupid. If I listen to Tim for an hour, I literally get dumber unless he has like a smart guest on. That's just me as a consumer. So I'm like running out of people that I even care about, you know, listening to. Um, do I use hemp medically? Nah, not really. Not against it though. Um, someone said Hillary is doing this to kids. Well, here's the thing. If you want to talk about kids and trafficking kids, Jeffrey Epstein got arrested under the Trump administration and nothing happened. And he disappeared or died under the Trump administration and nothing happened. And Trump doesn't even talk about it. He, they're mocking you the same way the Democrat politicians are mocking their people. Like you want to, how could you talk about child trafficking without talking about Jeffrey Epstein? When did Jeffrey Epstein get arrested? Under Trump's administration. What happened? Nothing. Does Trump even mention it? No. Why? Because he doesn't care any more than RFK cares. It's like, isn't RFK on the list? Didn't that come out in the news recently? That's weird. It's like, dude, these people are like mocking you guys. You know, it's like they know that no one cares. Like, oh, it's just the left doing that stuff, right? Dude, he, he got under captivity. If, if the Trump administration or anyone really cared, they could have put 15 agents at his thing and made sure nothing happened. They None of them care. None of them are even talking about it. I think Vivek talks about it. You know, that's why people like Vivek. It's like, I still don't trust him, but he's probably the least sold out person. People he's, he's probably the least sold out out of all of them. And I still don't trust him. And I think that he just says everything that people want to hear, but I get why people like Vivek. Cause even he talks about this stuff that Trump and DeSantis never talk about. Like they know that you don't get it. You know, like it's like, Oh, I got this group of people. We have this group of people. Let's go on TV and fight. And then they'll never figure out that neither one of us cares about like 99% of topics. Like that's really what it comes down to. And when it comes to the border, like they're also publicly mocking us. I talked about this the other day, but it's worth repeating because it's like a story that's not really out there. Governor Abbott came out recently and said, you know, I'm going to pass a new law today or this week that makes it illegal for illegal aliens to be here and police in Texas have the right to, to arrest them. 
if that works, you're mocking me because you've been there for years. Biden's been in office since 2021. Why the hell didn't you pass that law the day that Biden got in? And this is, and I, I still don't like, I still don't trust DeSantis, but DeSantis seems like somebody, sometimes it's with things I don't agree with, but he's like, all right, I'm going to do it. Like no one else does anything. Trump doesn't do anything. Abbott doesn't do anything. And there's things that DeSantis would do that I hate, but he's like, I'm going to use my power to do it. They're mocking us to our face. If they pass a bill to make illegal aliens illegal three and a half years into Biden's presidency. And now they're talking about impeachment and shit. It's like, Dude, win the damn election. It's in less than a year. I don't care about impeachment now. If you could have impeached somebody like the first year or something and got away with it, then maybe, but who cares? Like, it's all this clown show because that's what people are going to eat up at Turning Point USA. If I said what I said here, people would probably agree with me. You know, that's, but in general, it's like, we're going to impeach Biden. It's like, now we're going to make illegal aliens illegal. Now, where, like, they're, they're mocking us to our face. It's up to us to let them know. We're too smart for this. You know what I'm saying? We see through this. But if we don't see through it and enough people don't see through it, they're going to keep doing it. You know, so it's like it's it's up to the base, the MAGA base to figure this stuff out. But it's, you know, everybody's on like a cat turd level where it's like Alvin Bragg, Alvin Bragg. It's like that's, you know, it's like all Kardashian-esque like talking points that don't go that deep. Um let me see. Someone said smart people know both sides are corrupt and you can't trust Biden or Trump and it's all up to us. I agree. But then smart people are in the minority because the majority of people don't understand that. You know, they're still. And that's the crazy part about right now is that people don't like Biden. Like Biden's probably not going to win. And this is the perfect time to get somebody that could bring the country together because Biden is a joke and all these talking points that weren't popular are now popular. Like everybody is starting to get it. I believe that these ideas are becoming more mainstream and less taboo. Absolutely. So it's like, this is the perfect time to crush it. That's why I'm saying if Trump gets in, he's got to crush it day one. Like all these things he said he would do on day one, like do it now. You know what I'm saying? Do it, use it push it. Cause we don't have any more time. Like there's not every, every five years that we wait to do some of this stuff, we're losing tremendously. So it's like, you know, I want his base if he wins to actually do something. And if he doesn't win, you got to get off the carousel of like, Oh, he's a victim. Oh, it, it, you know, it's like, cause that seems to be like the playbook to get Republicans to never do anything. It's like, oh, wow, there's nothing he could have done different. He just got tricked. And it's like, well, how did that happen with the election? Did he did he allow the country to get shut down? Did he tweet that he was the one who shut it down, not the governors? Did he sign the CARES Act? Did he, did he say Gavin Newsom was doing a great job? Did he give the money and power to the Democrat states to do the mass mail-in ballots? He did all those things. Well, then he's not a victim. You know, you got to take accountability. I've never seen someone take less accountability than Donald Trump. Besides every liberal ever, they're in the same category. It's like Tom Brady throwing 50 interceptions and saying it's all his wide receivers fault and all the defenses fault. Like that's the new Republican party. It's a Trump. All right. They just kicked me off my own stream. I don't know what happened, but I know what I'm saying is not popular and I'm being blunt, but that's, that's what I see. Like, it's like, there's no, it's just like a big hangout. Um, 
Someone said Vivek is not a full-blooded Indian. He's the direct descendant of Alexander the Great. I mean, that would be kind of epic, to be honest. I don't know if that's true, but if true, that's like insane. Um, you know, I, I wouldn't even see that as a bad thing. Like, if you were the descendant of 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 Alexander the Great, I feel like that's just kind of like historic. But I don't know if that's true. Yeah, I don't know what happened. It just shut my stream off. Oh well. All right, I'm going to read a few more and then take off. I haven't done a long live stream in a while, so I wanted to. Tomorrow, I'm going to put out a video, guys, of uh, Thomas Massey. And I've, I've talked about it a little bit, but if if you don't do anything, the meat in this country and the food in this country is one of my main passions. Everybody eats it, and Trump and Biden don't care. That's not a knock at Trump. It's not a knock at Biden necessarily, although he sucks. Um, he doesn't need any more knocks. It's just the truth. So it's like, please, if people do anything, watch this video and get the message out there. Like the part of how they get this stuff done, like say five years ago, Thomas Massey said that they got rid of origin of, uh, of what is it? Origin of country labeling. Like you don't know where the meat came from. I think it happened five years ago. A lot of this stuff happened under Trump. Some of it happened under Biden. Some of it happened under Bush. It's not to blame Trump. It's just to say like these things happen no matter who's in office. He doesn't stop it. He doesn't talk about it. He doesn't care. And no one's going to care until you care. If you don't even care about the quality of food you're getting, then you don't deserve good quality food. You're too dumb to eat good stuff. And the baseline in this country has far gone down. And they hope you look up to Trump and go to a rally. Because if you're going to a Trump rally, you have this false idea that he gives a shit about a topic that he was in office when they took it away. And he hasn't said a word about it. Like they're mocking us to our face. So please check out that video because, you know, I think that Massey and, and, and Tucker Carlson kind of like pushing this up to the forefront is as big as it's going to get right now because uh, Tucker's probably got one of the biggest platforms. So, um, you know, I hope that people care about it. But when you get the left to hate the right and the right to hate the left, like in my view, Benny Johnson is no more a threat than like, you know, I, I would say like the democratic socialists of America. It's like they both exist to fight each other. Sometimes at certain events, the right wing wants these people to show up because then they get more money and content. It's like they want protesters so then they could point at it and make a scene and get more attention from it. It's like they, you know, it's like to me, I, I, that's how I personally see things. I don't think Benny's a bad guy. I don't necessarily disagree with a lot of stuff he posts, but it's like, he's like the right wing version of the left. It's like, you know what I'm saying? Just like running circles around like memes and just jokes about how your guy's so awesome. Never point out that he's really not. So then you never actually fix the problem. Like that's how I see a, a lot of people on the Republican Party, which is, uh, I don't know. Once you see it, you can't unsee it uh, until people can prove me otherwise. So we'll see. Someone said, it's all a big game, James, on Facebook. Thanks for being here. Republicans and Democrats are working together. Republicans talk about one thing at the same time. Democrats are changing that one thing. It seems that way. I think Democrats fundraise off of Charlottesville and Trump and January 6th. Trump fundraises off of January 6th and Trump arrests. And, you know, every time they do something to the other, it's like, it's almost like Kardashian season 15. Like if you guys don't know the Kardashians, I don't know what season they're on, but after you film a reality show for 10 years, you know you're filming a reality show. So even if you're pretending like it's real, it never is. But it's like, you know you're being filmed. So you're you're acting all the time. You, you know, like that's, and, and I'm not mad at the Kardashians, but it's like, 
that's their job. It's season 15. They're making a show. Everything's a show. They learn how to do it. They learn how to fight. They learn how to make up. Oh, I'm fighting with Kim. Well, this will look good. This is a good thing. You know, that's how politicians think. They, they've worked together for 20, 30, 40 years like Trump used to donate to these people and, and want Hillary going to his weddings. They're very familiar with each other. They're like the Kardashians where it's like, oh, you did this to me. Oh, I'm mad at you, but thank you. I'm going to, oh, you arrested me. Oh, I'm pissed. But at the same time, I'm going to make more money off this. I'm surging in the polls. Oh, look, I'm surging in the polls. Thank you, Alvin Bragg. You know, it's like it, it, they know they're, they're so in that world that whether they, they even like consciously do it, they have to be doing that because that's their business. Like, Never let a good tragedy go to waste. Alvin Bragg arrest, record profits. Charlottesville, Democrats, record profits. January 6th, CNN, highest ratings ever. Big, you know, Biggest crowd they've had. It's like, as a business, do you hate when you have the most viewers? You know? But then it comes to human nature. It's like, what are you willing to do to get those numbers? Some people go crazy. Like, I'll give you just an example, guys, just to be... Uh, just to be human for a second, just like you, my audience, I'm just like you. No, I'm just kidding. But uh, I just feel weird being like just a human moment. And then I'm acting weird, but uh, it was funnier in my head. Anyway, uh, I reached on, I'll just look at the post real quick. And like, because I've tied everything now to like what I make and what I do, I overthink things. But like yesterday I did a post on Twitter, right? It reached 8.7 million people, 8.7. I'm going to look at the analytics right now. There's a reason I'm telling you this. It's not to brag. 9 million impressions, 49,000 likes, 13,000 shares, 48,000 people expanded it, 8,700 people visited my profile yesterday. 8,700. You know how much money you have to pay to a company to get that much? I got it for free. And I still feel like I didn't do enough yesterday because, you know, I didn't even make that much money. And I'm not saying like, that's all I care about, but it's like when you reach 9 million people and you make like $20 or, you know, it's like, you know, that's not sustainable. So at a certain point, you do have to think about business because it's like, if you can't make enough money to keep doing what you're doing and all these other people are swallowing up your real estate, what people don't realize too, is like, because I don't spend any money. Uh, you know, the people who do spend money and buy up people and buy up industry, they eventually swallow up certain space that I'm in too, because they're paying for it. You know what I'm saying? And then they get prioritized and they get pushed and then you can't find me anymore. Where's anomaly? It's because I spend $0 on Facebook and a lot of these corporations spend $10 million a year on ads. But it's like, even when I, I mean, it's almost a sickness. If you could reach however many people I just said, 9 million people in a day, like literally and get 7,000 whatever profile visits, but you still feel like you didn't do enough. Like that's the world I'm in where it's like, I'm doing all these things. Oh, anomaly fell off the map. Dude, have you ever reached 9 million people in a day? That's insane. That's just crazy numbers. When even here, if you do a rock show in front of 600 people, that's a lot of people. That's how many I've had here, but I've had 15,000. I've, you know what I'm saying? I've gotten 10 million views in a week. I got, you know, my last couple of videos on Instagram, I got one that has a million, one that has a hundred thousand. So you know, it becomes like a sickness when you're trying to compete with yourself all the time. But for me, I'll be honest, at this point in my life, I want to have an impact, a cultural impact, which I'm having. There's things that have happened recently where I post something and big people then post it where it's like, I'm having the impact I want, but I do care about finances as well. Not because I'm a sellout, but because I'm not a sellout. And it's like, if I don't hit a certain number, you know, eventually I'm going to be going backwards as a business and I don't want to do that. So at the end of the day, it's like, if I could get paid and make a lot of money and then just be like, totally fine. It's like, then I could really do whatever I want. Even though I do it now, I do it anyway. It's just like, you know, at a certain point, it's like, I don't want to 
be floating around in this space. I'd rather like crush it and make fu money. And then it's like, you can't tell me nothing anyway. But until I get to that point, then I kind of stress out more because, you know, my rent went up a couple hundred bucks. My insurance went up this year. Everything, you know, everything I pay is going up, 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 up. But also, you know, then I'm like, oh, I got to do this. I got to do that. And that's what drove me nuts. But it's like, why am I freaking out when I just had a post reach 9 million people? Like, that's insane. That's like top 00001%, um, you know, but that's just kind of like how my mind works. And I think how a lot of people's mind works, not just in this space, but in this world. And part of it I talked about on my fast video, but, you know, I think a lot of why I got slightly less healthy at certain points of this year we're because like, it's just a rat race out there. Like I'm sure a lot of people, if not everybody here can relate to this. It's like gas is going up, rent is going up, insurance is going up, inflation is up, all, everything at the grocery store is more. Yet these major corporations, at least for my business, maybe for years too, they're finding ways. Like I, if you got 20 million views on Facebook and YouTube, they give you this big amount of money. But if you get 20 million views on TikTok and Instagram, they might give you $0. So it's like they found a way it's like, oh, Anomaly is bigger than ever, but we're going to pay them less than ever. And I found out another thing too that you guys might find interesting. I realized they weren't paying on reels for the year and they started to, but if you use one of their music behind the, like I use music behind the video, like on Facebook and YouTube to make it sound better, they demonetize it and they say, oh, you used our music so you can't monetize it, but they don't even pay the, the musician. It's like, at least if you're not paying me and I use a song, pay the musician. You know what I'm saying? Take the money you would have paid me. Like if you demonetize my Theo Vaughn podcast, pay Theo Vaughn. I don't care. You know, but it's like, they, they, they're so shady that it's like you use a song. They have the song in their archives on Facebook for you to use. They're like, use this song. You use the song. They say, oh, sorry, use the song. You can't get paid on this. Okay. Are you going to pay the artist of the song? No. Then Facebook, what are you just pocketing the money? Like, dude, it's... <laughs> It's so crazy. Like it just bit, I'm just, I don't care, but I, I kind of do. It's like, it's just, it's educational. I guess if you didn't know that, like, that's what they're doing. They found a way to like, you know, get all the traffic to people, but not pay them what they were through the short Instagram real videos. But as things evolve, you know, there becomes ways to do it. You can get your own sponsors. You can sell your own product and stuff. There's workarounds. It's just, it's an interesting time for what I'm doing. And I think a lot of people, even if you're doing something else, it's like if everything's more expensive, but your company's not really matching it, then it's easy to stress out a little bit and try to get back to like where you were. Someone said, stop listening. If what Anomaly is doing sounds like that, be gone. Why not? Seems a little silly to watch regularly if you don't like it. Are you talking about people that complain? It's fascinating to me. I mean, I, I'm not expecting to be the most popular person. Um, Although I've done a pretty good job of that. Not like best, but top tier. It's like, oh, I, I hate what you're saying. I can't listen. And then I see them like an hour later complaining. And it's like the dynamic of like not listening and listening is, is fascinating. But I've come to the conclusion that it's like a mommy daddy situation where I tell certain things that most accounts won't say but it's true. And the people that say that they're going to leave, but they never do, they know that it's true. So they're, they don't want to hear it, but they like do want to hear it. You know what I'm saying? They're in the corner with their ear against the wall. So I take it as a compliment. I'm not mad at it. I think they know that it's true. And once you, once you like really are honest with yourself and figure certain things out, it gets hard to listen to certain other stuff. Like 
dude, I, I, I love the fact that Tucker Carlson interviewed Alex. I, I hope he comes back to Twitter. I think he's been first falsely persecuted for different categories and they've exaggerated or whatever, but even he's hard for me to listen to nowadays because certain things I know, and you know, when he kind of, it's just like, it, you know, it's a hard place to be because then some things that you used to like just don't hit the same. It's like a band that tried to like oversell vaccines. It's like, like Travis Kelsey. I always, he's a good football player. He's a great football player. Like maybe one of the best tight ends ever, but like, I just don't like him anymore. You know, it's like, ew, cringe, Pfizer, loser, you know, like it, it don't hit the same. Thank you, John. I appreciate you on YouTube. Let me see. Logs don't lie. At least in this case, the logs got the elites dropping logs. Are they ever going to release those flight logs? You know, everybody knows about it, but to me, that's why they don't care if people fight. Like at a certain point, the elites will probably turn to politicians that people think are so outside the system and be like, yo, like anytime they're too close to it, it's like, all right, we need like a new thing. You know, like the Epstein thing's never like in the forefront anymore. It's always like, did you hear what Jack Smith said? Did you hear this? Did you hear, did you see Biden? It's like, you know, it's like if they could keep it at that level, then no one goes like a step deeper. But I saw articles saying RFK was on the flight logs. I, I mean, I'll look it up. Let me see. RFK Jr. Epstein. Let's look it up. Uh, newly revealed 1994 photograph of Robert F. Kennedy Jr. This is a New York Post with Jeffrey Epstein raises new questions about his relationship. And uh, I think he was on, let me see, RFK Jr. caught in a lie about Jeffrey Epstein flight. RFK says he was on Jeffrey Epstein's flight twice. Okay, so here, here are the candidates, okay? Joe Biden, I don't even need, like, I don't know what his connections are to Epstein, but I, I looked it up the other day because I was going to do a video about it. Uh, Joe Biden, who has donors who are connected to Epstein at, at bare minimum. Everybody knows who Joe Biden is. Um, Donald Trump, who has multiple pictures with Jeffrey Epstein dancing with him, Ghislaine Maxwell, but his base thinks that he's so different. Um, RFK, who was on Epstein's flight, I guess. And, uh, you know, it's like, and none of them really talk, like Trump doesn't talk about Epstein, even though he, like, it, it's just like, I don't know. Yeah, maybe that, maybe it, they're all, they all don't know about it or, or maybe they don't care. I I don't know. I'm not saying necessarily it makes you guilty, but that guy definitely got around Jeffrey Epstein. The dude was like everywhere. You know, Ghislaine Maxwell, they were they were trying to swarm Elon. It's just like all this all this anti-globalist like I don't know. To me it just doesn't make sense anymore. It's like Trump's the anti-globalist candidate that hired the swamp next last time. If I could think of one product that was a globalist product. What's the number one globalist product in modern history? I would say it's probably the COVID vaccine. That's like the number one globalist socialist product of my time. Trump is the biggest salesman and calls him the father of it. So you're telling me that the opposition leader fighting globalism is selling the globalist product harder than any Republican there is, has videos dancing with Jeffrey Epstein. Like that's the, that's the guy who's going to, and, and didn't do anything about it last time when he was in office and literally never talks about it at all anymore. Like he, Trump literally talks about how great his globalist socialist vaccine is more than he talks about Epstein, but he's going to totally fight the deep state. Right. It's like, I'm just like not dumb enough to like believe you this stuff. But if people want to, like, I'm not going to argue with people for five years, like let, let it, let the story tell itself. But it's like, I, I can't do it anymore. You know, like, it's like, I, I'm not, I, I'm not, 
it doesn't appeal to me. Like, and then I ask questions and people say I'm deranged. They're like, oh, you have a derangement syndrome. Not me. I'm not deranged. I totally don't. It's like, okay, sure. Um, let's see. Someone said, stop anomaly. You might upset the Trump boomers. Oh, I've, I've done that for years, but which is terrible for business. Obviously, everybody knows, and this is a compliment. Boomers are very generous. And, uh, you know, if you look at, if you look at like donation rates and stuff, Christians donate a lot. You know what I'm saying? I think the boomer generation is still like big consumers because they have money, you know, unlike all the broke millennial kids that they sent off to liberal schools. Just kidding. But, um, you know, it's like, it's not good. It's not good for business to disagree with Trump for sure. And I don't know. I, I guess I can never scale my business that much because if I do, I'll have to not talk about stuff. You know, what's my take on Walsh, Matt Walsh? Um, I don't watch his show every day, but it's like, I don't know. I guess I would say I agree with some things he says, certain things I disagree with him on, but, um, I just see him on Twitter all the time. I'm not like a daily watcher, but I think his documentary was a pretty game changing documentary. I think that was a pretty big, uh, big win for him. You know, that the, the, what is a woman doc? I don't dislike him. I just don't really tune in that much. I don't use CBD. No. Let me see. Instead of demanding Epstein's flight logs, which are mostly known anyway, demand his finances be released. I mean, the, the Republican Party is busy. They're busy calling everybody anti-Semites. The Republican Party doesn't care about Epstein's finances. They care about blacklisting their own party members who criticize the country that totally doesn't you know, it's like you you can't, you know, but then if you say that they're doing that, they call you an anti-Semite. Like that's what the Republican Party's doing. Like Governor Abbott is too big. He literally tried to pass a law to say that Gab is an anti-Semitic platform and has no place in Texas before he even passed a law to say illegal immigration was illegal. Like the new one he's doing now, they're mocking us to our face. Like it's like, you know, that's where their priority lies, which is why Thomas Massey got in so much trouble for saying it. Like they're more interested in like, censuring somebody oh let's censure them let's 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 pass a resolution guys to tell ilhan omar she's a bad girl we condemn you ilhan omar or are you an anti-semite anomaly or you don't agree with this we're condemning her we're condemning her your job is not to sit there and condemn people you buffoons go pass a damn bill you guys print trillions of dollars you failed miserably you you've tricked a bunch of trump people into thinking you didn't fail when you absolutely failed them and they it's like stockholm syndrome they just keep giving their their, their captors money. And then you want me be, to be impressed because you wrote a little resolution that doesn't even do anything that condemns a member of Congress for questioning a foreign nation that you totally don't work for. The Republican party is controlled opposition, but their base doesn't want to believe it. That's why Trump is like a, a, a kicking the can down the road. Cause everybody agrees with what I say until it comes to him. And they're like, he's different. He's going to fix it. We we don't need to address the problem anomaly because we have Trump. We go to his rallies. We listen to him talk. We don't need to think about anything too much. We don't think. We just listen to him think, and then we just think what he thinks, even when it doesn't make sense. We make excuses. It's like, you know, he's like there to just like kick the can down the road because it's like all these issues are persisting, and the reason they're doing nothing about anything that matters is because that's not who they are. That's not who funds them, and that's not what they care about. They just know... The, the, the politicians are professional middlemen. What do Republicans care about? Economy, you know, conservative values, 
cowboy hats and you know the western comment like whatever and then they just tell that to you on a stage they're like here's what you like and then everyone cheers but they don't do that it's like their actions they tank the economy but on stage they're milton friedman they're you know dave's they're they're libertarians they're the mises caucus like they campaign like they're these profound libertarians that hate government spending but literally they printed more money than Barack Obama and then convinced you to think that they're the victim when then on stage they tell you that we they, we don't believe in victim mentality. The Republican Party is disgusting. It's like controlled opposition slop. And I can't believe that people buy this stuff, but they sell it to you because people in the audience don't respect themselves enough to say something about it. So why would they stop the gravy train? So it's like, you know, that's how I see the whole party. They, they just figured out how to tell you what you want to hear while causing the problems that they say they're going to solve and taking no accountability for them, you know, because it's not strategic in an election. It's like, it's so gross to me, but you know, I, I wish, I wish I like liked it because it would be way better for biz. Like, you know, I don't know. It's like, it's, that's where the, like, if I said this stuff to 90% of people you'll see speak at these events privately, do you think they disagree with me? They probably be like, dude, you're totally right that's not what's getting me on this stage. You know what I'm saying? Getting me on the stage is just saying like generic stuff. Like there's going to be no intellectual thought process at turning point this year. It's going to be like Mike Lindell and Carrie Lake, just screaming generic things that they've screamed all year that a lot of them make sense. And some of them are just like professional fanboy, you know, like carpet, I don't know, like cleaning procedures. I don't know. Like I'm cleaning the carpet before he comes in. That's the cool. Cool. Um, let's see. Someone said he had some good, bad, and ugly policies. Yeah, no doubt. I'm just, it's just how I see things, folks. I understand it's not popular. Someone said Arabs are literally Semites. Of course, none of the words that they use make any sense. You're not anti-science. If you, if you know the truth about the COVID vaccine, you're not a conspiracy theorist. If you know history, you're not a science denier if you question their climate science. You're not anti-Semitic if you disagree with Israel or say anything. The word anti-Semitic literally doesn't even make dictionary sense. They just created a term and they're passing it through legislation. And Trump and DeSantis are the biggest culprits of it. And they hope you never find out because then it's never going to change. They're the ones passing the hate speech laws, not just the left. The Republican Party's in on it too. And then it's like, you know, all, all these words, racist, it's like, only one race could be racist, but the other race can't be racist, then it doesn't even make sense. Like none of these words make sense. So if you're listening to a Republican that's crying about anti-Semitism and racism from the left, it's like, listen to somebody else. They're too dumb for, for your mind. You know, they're making you dumber. Like nobody at this point should be using those words really at all without explaining themselves. But it's like, they're the real racist. They're the real anti-Semites. That's Tim Pool. His whole show is like saying stupid crap that doesn't even make sense. It's like, you know, they're crying about hate speech while they say that hate speech doesn't exist. Explain yourself because the word racism doesn't mean anything anymore, but also it doesn't mean anything anyway for two reasons. One, if if only one group can, can be racist, but everyone else can't be racist against them, it doesn't make sense. Also, what what do you define as race? Like if, if there's a certain race that wants to like live by themselves over there and they're black, you could call them racist, but what if they they just want to do that. You know what I'm saying? What if like Africa wants to stay black? What if a, France wants to stay French? You could say that that's racist, but like the word doesn't mean anything anyway, because sometimes what you're saying is totally wrong. And sometimes what you're saying is, is right, 
but you don't have to explain why it's right or wrong because you just say the word. It's like, well, this is racist. It's like, well, what they're doing, that like, is it right or is it wrong? If it's wrong, tell me why it's wrong. Explain why it's wrong. Using these words is just an intellectual, uh, I would say, crutch where it's like you don't have to explain yourself. Like if they could just say he's anti-Semitic, they don't have to. Is what he said true? What Thomas Massey, like they don't say he's wrong. They don't say it's false. They don't say that Thomas Massey, like they just say it's too hateful for your little eyes to see or your ears to hear and that you shouldn't even consider it. And he's just a bad, bad man. But they don't even have to explain why it's right or wrong. And Thomas Massey is transparent with everything he does. He always explains why he voted away. But if you just say it's anti-Semitic, you don't have to explain why you voted the other way. It's just like he's bad, he's racist, and I'm the good guy. So the whole like any Republican, they're they're just playing like controlled op volleyball where they're like, you think we're anti-Semitic for questioning George Soros? You're the real racist for questioning the. It's like you know, it's like very low level thinking, and it's getting it's trapping a lot of Republicans because they're, they're not, they're not really critically thinking. They're just, they're just countering the left, you know, like that's the new market. It's like, just hate the left and show how bad they are. And it's like, yeah, they suck. And everybody's starting to figure that out. Comedians get it. Like our world is becoming more profitable. Our world is becoming more popular. There's more heads, there's more listeners, there's more voices. Like with me for years, and this includes left-wing and right-wing media, and I don't necessarily care, but I do pay attention. I forgive, but I don't forget. Um, you know, they could act like, oh, Anomaly is this. He's doing that. He's doing that. Then why did I reach 9 million people in a day? Why do I still get millions of views a week? Why do I have over a billion views? Why am I more popular than everybody that your right-wing news organization signed? You could look at all these people that they sign. Look at their Instagram page. How come with no marketing budget, I have thousands of comments and millions of views on my videos and you can't pass 20K and you got three comments. So it's like, you know, they could act like what I'm saying is not popular. They could act like they're doing so much stuff, but they they know what I'm doing. They know what I'm saying. It's just like they don't want certain messages to get out. So they try to find people that are young or cool or, you know, like here's the guy that we're going to sign. And they're, they're always like boring and stale and fake. And they're trying to just like fill a gap. But it's like, I truly believe that they see what I'm doing, but they don't want my full message to be heard. So they literally just try to find people that are like, okay, he's going to be the rapper. He's going to be the, he's going to be the cool young guy. That's going to say this stuff. But it's like, but they, they don't go the full distance. Like I don't, I want to inspire people. I want everybody to do journalism, but don't take my spot and do a shitty job and be a gatekeeper. Then I'll be pissed. If you take my spot, make more than me and become great and do the, do great work, then it's like, get the money. I don't care. I want the thing to be heard. I love when someone tells the truth, but I feel like they're basically posturing and figuring out like, how do we get that without that message? Like, how do we basically just get that vibe that just does what we say and does like generic stuff. Well, it's like, well, then it doesn't work because the whole point of what I'm doing isn't just like that. So that's the funny part is like, no matter how much some of these corporations try, they can't, they can't get there. I want to give you guys an example uh, real quick because I know it could probably sound conceited to some people. I'm definitely confident, but I'm not trying to be cocky. I'm just being real. When I was 19 and 20 and 21, guys, I had one, 2 million views on YouTube, a hundred thousand. Like I was underground. I was an underground rapper with a million views, 2 million views. That's a lot for that time, but it's not a billion. I'm way more well-known now. When I had only a couple million views, I had label meetings at major labels. Record labels flew me across the country. You understand I've been doing political analysis since 2018. A lot of people, I, you know, people weren't doing this in, in masses when I started doing it in 2018. 
Do you think that none of these right-wing corporations know about me? Guys, I have a billion views. I have half a million people on Instagram. I'm bigger than almost everybody that 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 they hire. You know what I'm saying? I'm more well-known. Everybody knows me. Why don't they want meetings with me? Why don't they want to hire me? I don't necessarily care, but I'm just being transparent. It's like there's no way that the record industry knew who I was when I had a million views and I was 21 years old, but they don't know who I am with a billion views, millions of followers, 1.6 million on Facebook, almost 500K on Instagram. You know what I'm saying? Getting Reaching 10 million people on, on Twitter in a, in a day. Like you think that they only knew who I was when no one knew who I was. And now that everyone knows who I am, they don't know who I am. Like they, they see what I'm saying and they don't want to hire me, right? That's the record industry. They see what I'm doing. They just hate me. They don't want my message. They want a puppet or Lil Nas X or some sort of like psyop. That's what they want. I'm not mad at it. I don't care, but it's the truth. I'm just being transparent. I'm just letting people know it. it's not like they knew who I was when no one knew who I was. And now they just can't find me or they don't think I have what it takes. It's what I'm saying. It's the same thing with Republican media. Like you don't think that I'm, you know, Blaze TV, Daily Wire, all these people, you don't think that they've seen what I've done. You don't think that they see that I'm like a real talent that could, if I could get a billion views by myself with no uh, production, what do you think I could do with all of this other stuff that they're giving everyone else? They don't want to hire me because I say certain things that are completely true that would make them look stupid and fake because they are being fake. And they know that, you know, it's like, I don't care. I don't need it. I don't, if that's the way it is, that's the way it is. But I'm just letting people know. Cause sometimes I'll meet people that'll like get a deal with like a, one of these big corporations. And they're like, how come they've never offered you a deal? Like you're doing way more than me. And it's like, Hmm, I don't know. You know what I'm saying? Like they'll literally tell me like, Oh, I just got paid this much from this corporation. They're giving me a studio. They're doing this. And I'm like, how come they haven't offered you this? You've been doing this for five years, way bigger than everybody. Like everyone knows who you are. Cause they don't want my mess. You get what I'm saying? Like, it's like, it's like the record I'm as blacklisted from Republican media as I am from the record industry on the left. It's like the same thing. It's just like a different, uh, it's like a, a different blacklisting. Someone said, uh, VBDC said they only want you if you're young and easy to intimidate and manipulate. Definitely that. And there's definitely certain lines like not to cross. Like, you know, it's just like we want someone that's going to play ball and not say certain things. It's just it, it inspires me, though. I'm not saying this to complain. I just get inspired because it's like I I think what they're doing is they see me and they're like, let's get someone that's shittier than him and make him look like he's as cool or cooler than Anomaly. Like, let's try to take the essence and push it up and let's push him down. And it never works. So it's like, you know, if people think they're going to blacklist me or kick me out of the industry or not allow me in their little circle, like I only get inspired by it because, you know, at the end of the day, it's like, that's not what it's about. I'm better than that. I'm not, uh, you know, you're not going to just like erase my entire history just because, for whatever reason you don't yeah it just it just makes me uh it makes me want to work 30 times harder so I, I appreciate it i need a little bit of spark um let me see real quick someone said i believe anomaly is a legitimate self-made man i appreciate it i mean i think i proved that but people People can be skeptical. Just don't like hurl crazy false accusations at me. Like that's the only thing that pisses me off. If you're skeptical, I, I'm skeptical of a lot of things so I can relate. But when people say things that are 100% not true and they're like, this is who you are and this is who you took money from. It's like, dude, dude, shut up. No, I didn't. Like, you know, just don't lie. But in general, it's like, I'm going to keep proving myself and I don't want people just to trust me because they want to. I want to prove that. You know what I'm saying? I want to I want to show that and, uh, you know, just keep doing good work and doing ethical 
uh, analysis. But let me see. Someone's mad at a Karen. Why are you guys arguing? She said, you'll see Satan soon enough. I don't know. Oh, you guys are arguing over Trump on Facebook. Someone said you're you're going to Satan. Sheesh, it's getting heated on Facebook right now. There, <laughs> you turn around, you start talking about your career for five minutes. You got people calling each telling each other they're going to be damned to hell. Yeesh, I don't know what debates going on there, but it seems even more exciting than what I'm doing. Someone said Alex has been blackballed for years now, and now he's getting mainstream attention. I'm going to call this before I end to keep it on topic. I think that there was a moment where censorship got really aggressive, and, and it's starting to ease up for a multitude of reasons, but you can't lie forever. And with Alex Jones, say what you want about Alex Jones, he got kicked off of Twitter for the wrong reasons. He got kicked off of YouTube for the, the wrong reasons, and the media has given him like is he worse like am i supposed to believe that he's worse than uh you know like jake tapper why because jake tapper wears a suit and says nice things sometimes like you get like let jake tapper debate uh alex jones if you want to see one of my favorite debates of all time we're going to end on some compliments go look at alex jones debating piers morgan that's one of my favorite debates ever go find it on youtube it's still there alex jones debates piers morgan on gun control it's one of the best debates of all time. That's why they kicked out Alex Jones. So even if you call Alex Jones a gatekeeper, and even if you call him a liar, even if even if you don't want to listen to his channel, he never deserved to be kicked off of uh, social media. And I think that he's going to come back for a multitude of reasons. But one, you know, these things can't last forever. Like you can't run everything into the ground. Now you have X. Now you have Rumble. Now you have other platforms. People are going here. People are going to TikTok. Like you can't you can't kick out 50% of your audience, but also, you know, I think that Elon will bring back Alex Jones and I think that he should. And if Alex says something stupid or crazy or that you think is too much, then you could disagree with him. But I don't think, you know, framing him as so much worse than some of these other people in media, I don't buy it. And I think sometimes that's why the right loses too, because like, say they'll be like, Oh, what anomaly said is hateful, but blah, blah. it's like, bro, the television's hateful all the time, but you don't, they, why did they get a pass? I'm not even hateful. I'm just saying my opinion. Um, you know, like we'll throw our own under the bus and be like, well, I don't like Alex Jones. He's a gatekeeper and he's a shill, but you should still have principles because there's shills on television that are on Twitter all the time. So even if you think Alex is a shill, one thing that I don't like, same with like Joe Rogan, like when Joe Rogan was getting like, you know, almost canceled and they were trying to go at him because he was questioning COVID-19, you don't have to like Joe Rogan. You don't have to trust Joe Rogan. You don't have to say his show's amazing, but don't throw him under the bus when everyone's throwing him under the bus and be like, screw him. Like, you know, cause that's why we always lose. It's like, same with Trump. It's like, I don't want the guy to go to prison. You know, I don't, I don't particularly believe him, but it's like, I want him to win or lose an election by his own merit. That's the country we live in. Like, you know, and if someone's better than him, people need to figure it out. It's like, I don't, I see like DeSantis people being like, oh, he's going to go to jail and DeSantis is going to win. Like that's embarrassing if you only win because the other guy went to jail. Like this is the world we live in where everyone's trying to throw each other under the bus. I'll be very honest about things that I like and don't like about these people, but I've been consistent since day one with Alex Jones. He got kicked off of YouTube for false pretenses. He got kicked off of Twitter for false pretenses. And to be honest, like Sank Uger is as crazy as Alex Jones. He's just like a left-wing version. And, uh, you know, it's like he's on YouTube. So, you know, let rally behind people at least to the point of like not 
having them get deplatformed, in my opinion. And then you could call him a shill, and then you can call him controlled op, and then you could call him a liar. But I don't personally think you should like beat down us on people as the left is trying to go down on them. Although I do understand where people are coming from. Like, for example, I wasn't beating down on Charlie or anything, but I watched Charlie Kirk falsely call everybody anti-Semitic in 2019, like a little gatekeeper. And he was just very loose with that word because he's like, I'm Charlie Kirk. Look at me with my totally normal sized forehead. I'm totally not hateful. I love Israel. And it's like, okay, Charlie, you're the best. Uh, and then, you know, three years later, they called him a anti-Semitic Holocaust denier for questioning the, you know, the security of Israel. So it's like, I wasn't throwing Charlie Kirk under the bus and I wasn't agreeing with them. I, I stood up for him. But at the same time, I was glad to see him called that because he's getting a taste of his own medicine. Now I bet he'll never do that again because he knows what it feels like to be lied about and called these names and how they weaponize them and use them. So it's like, you know, I understand why people do feel that way, but I think there's a way to like, you know, have their back. Like I wasn't like, oh yeah, Charlie's a piece of shit. He's an anti-Semite, kick him off Twitter. I was like, Charlie's the least thing, he's the furthest thing from that, but this just shows you how they use these words and how they smear anybody who asks any sort of questions or has any sort of integrity. So now we've learned this lesson, but I get why people like joy when somebody they don't like gets taken down. But I think we need to be very principled or else we turn into the left, which I want to say, you know, I don't agree with everything he says, but Glenn Greenwald is doing a good job covering a lot of this stuff where he's showing that like, with the Israel-Palestine stuff, Glenn Greenwald showing how the right wing's turning into the left wing. Like now you have people like Cori Bush in the Democratic Party. She's now saying that words aren't violence. She's like, words aren't violence. And it's like, were you saying that two years ago? Weren't you saying the opposite? So it's like the left's turning into the right and the right's turning into the left.